going on, everyone? Welcome back to the H&K Video Game Experience. This is Hollywood Cole, and I'm here with Clearfire again. What's going on, brother? Not much, man. Just hanging out at the house. Cool. Well, uh, seems like we got a lot more um, followers, or at least listeners, on uh, for the podcast than I expected. So that, that's good news, man. That's great. I'm glad you guys are enjoying it, and uh, hopefully we can keep uh, keep this thing going here. Um, just wanted to tell you guys to check it out on it. Check us out on um on uh what am I trying to say here? Twitter. Yeah, that's that's how much I Twitter. I don't even know what it's called. <laughs> I got one follower on Twitter, and it's Zach. <laughs> I had two <laughs> followers. It was a Russian. One was a Russian uh lady of the night that. Uh, oh gosh. <laughs> yeah, she stopped following me. She wasn't really into games, I guess. But oh my uh, gosh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so guys, check us out. Uh, I just want to throw it out there. We had we don't ever really talk about it, but you know Hollywood Cole H O L L I W O O D K O L E Hollywood Cole on Twitter. A little uh, spodiody dopalicious for you. If you don't know, then uh, you missed out on a little bit of mid '90s, late '90s, early 2000s with the uh, Outcast there. Check it out. That's where I got the name. <clears throat> but uh yeah follow us and uh let us know you can get us on facebook uh clear fires got us uh actually got links to us on facebook h and k video game experience that's the the and is with an ampersand so h ampersand k video game experience and uh hit us up on there let us know what you want us to talk about uh if, we, if you got anything else that you want us to any games that's coming out or old school games that maybe we've overlooked or uh just something you want to hear somebody talk about in this research we'll, we'll do it <clears throat> but um and i got some other links as well to you for i've got i've got mine as well uh clearfire it's k-l-e-e-r-f-y-r-e you can search that on twitch uh and twitter <laughs> sorry about saying the twitch there but yeah i do uh do streaming for uh game streaming for our for our clan and just i've been doing some recently just by myself because i'm actually a little behind in uh in playing destiny but of course you know that's Beyond, beyond what we're going to talk about tonight but uh you can you know if you want to watch me game you can watch me game there and then of course you can follow me on twitter and it's k-l-e-r-f-y-r-e and then of course you can check us out like i said on facebook and we actually have a h&k gaming twitter as well yep. and uh you, you can hit us there too uh, we haven't used it much but uh, i'm going to start using it a little more um mainly what's happening on that is is our links to our podcaster there so anytime the podcast comes through, if you're following that, you'll see it pop up on your Twitter feed real quick. So Yeah, and we use Podbean for our hosting uh, service. There's also an app, uh, Podbean app. You can just download it and probably subscribe and get them automatically as soon as we drop one uh, there. But um, <clears throat> otherwise, they just go there and on iTunes automatically. I'm trying to get them on Google Play, and I uh, just got to research that a little bit more. But... Um, because I use Google Play and I can't find it on there, of course, because it's not on there. But uh, it's just the difference for Androids. But uh, yeah, usually I tweet about. I think I just dropped a new one about Switch having Doom come to the Switch, uh, which is going to be kind of cool. I'm sure they'll add a little Nintendo twist to it or whatever, maybe a new level or whatever the case. Um, and this is kind of a cool fact and a little bit about the retro, which we'll talk about. What we're going to talk about. <laughs> on this show in a minute but you know they found a uh, hidden code flog uh, flog f-o-l-g in the switch 
and they figured out what it was. It's golf spelled backwards, and so you can they have the code embedded in the switch. Nobody's figured out how to access it yet, but it's the golf game. Uh, remember the old school NES yeah, golf? Yeah, I saw that. I thought that was pretty cool. <clears throat> yeah, that's pretty cool. I think that's great. You can use the little yeah. Joy-Cons and play two players, old school golf. That is an addicting game. Uh, and it's just old school, man. They didn't tell you how far your club hits or anything. It's just trial and error, and you just get so good at it. But I love that game. I miss that game. That was a fun game. Yeah, me and Dad played it all the time, and it's, it's a lot of fun. So, uh, well, this this episode, we're going to try to pick up where we left off uh, with some of the retro game systems and just kind of chop up a little bit of retro game um it's not only systems, but just some games and kind of whatever comes to mind. But we stopped at the fifth gen, I believe. That would be the Sega Saturn, PlayStation, and GameCube. <clears throat> but you had mentioned something right before we got off about an old school modem or an old school accessory for the Super Nintendo and Sega 16-bit era. In fact, the very first uh, modem online play for consoles to ever exist was called the X-Band, and I wanted to stop what we were doing and, and continue on, but you said, no, let's hold off, and we'll talk about it this episode, and I've been really excited about this episode all week, I mean, I really have, because I just, I forgot all about the X-Band, and that's what it's called, the X-Band. Oh gosh, I did not forget about the X-Band, trust me, I've got some good stories on that that I remember from our X-Band editions there. <laughs> yeah, it's great. We had some wild things happen on that, so... It was just so unique. Um, so let's just talk about what it is. It was made by, uh, I think it was made by Catapult, a little company out of California. And uh, yeah, Catapult Entertainment, a little uh, company out of California, software-based company out of California, and released in America in 1994 and 95. So we're, the, the Sega got it first. I believe it was in April of 94, and then uh, maybe I got that backwards. Uh, so I know Sega got it first, uh, April 94. Anyway, 95, less than a year later, the Super Nintendo got it. And yeah, November 94. Okay, November 94 is for the Genesis, and then June 95 is for the uh, Super Nintendo. So all it was was a little accessory. You pop in the top of your, uh, just like the old game genies, you pop it on the top of your Super Nintendo or Sega, put the game on top of it, and there was a phone line that went to it. And so you just turn the game on, and the thing that launches was the X-Band. Uh, you know, this little uh, interface that it had is very primitive, but uh, it was just awesome. I mean, it even looked, the, the graphics and stuff were just so, I mean, it's running on like a 240 or 2,400 bits per second type of uh, speed, which was enough for 16-bit back then, whatever it needed to do. And they actually had to hack the code of the games. There was only one game that came out with it that was X-Band compatible without them having to actually hack, basically break into the game, figure out the two-player mechanics, and then it basically had some script that it would kind of manipulate that to where you could play it online. <clears throat> and that was Weapons Weapon Lord, which I never played that, but uh, Weapon Lord actually had X-Band advertised on the box. But that was the only one. So it's just basically a two-player game over the internet that you could play. And uh, a list... I didn't play the Sega one. All I played was the uh, SNES. But uh, the SNES had Doom, King Griffey Jr., Killer Instinct, Madden 95 and 96, Mortal Kombat 2 and 3, NBA Jam Tournament Edition, NHL 95 and 6, Super Mario Kart, Weapon Lord, and Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. 
which it just had a secret maze game. I didn't even. I never played that. I, only ones that we ever played were I played Killer Instinct and Mario Kart. I was good at Mario Kart on there. Killer Instinct I hardly ever won. And Mortal Kombat. Killer Instinct was crazy. That was that was crazy on there. That was like the major league gaming game of the X band. You know that was mm-hmm. uh, these guys are hardcore on there, and they were they were difficult. But uh, Mortal Kombat Two slowed down a lot. It had a lot of processing, a lot of moving pieces in the background. It kind of slowed it down a lot. But um, <clears throat> so it's just like it's just weird how things kind of evolve. And back then, you know, you had your clans just like you do now. And uh, just somebody made a clan and says, "Hey, I'm the leader of the clan. You want to join?" Like, sure, whatever. But there was one clan in particular, and I'll never forget it. They were you stuck. You remember what they were called? Nah, I don't remember that. I don't remember the clans too well on there. Yeah, yeah. So there was one. If you saw a guy pop up that you, because you, you, when you start play, you would, uh, it would, you'd hit dialing in, and you just have to dial a number, and it would dial in, and you, would, it would connect just like a normal modem, and then you would see the guy you're gonna play, and they would have a little pre-made taunt that they had, and uh, you actually pushed up three times, then you could chat. You know, with just typing real slow, moving mm-hmm. the little cursor, and um, but that was a phone call. This is the part that was. This was the part that kind of hurt them. That was a phone call to yeah. California or wherever you called long distance. You know, there wasn't free free nationwide back then. <laughs> it was so. So that's where my stories kick in. From that point is from there. As I was waiting for this part to come in, this is really funny for well, me well, because I. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just want to say before before we get off off track. I just wanted to say that since we told the clan, U Star D was the clan. Universe, uh, Ultimate Division. That's right. Yeah, I remember that. And if you saw an Ultimate Division, you're going to lose. And that was it. I mean, they had the best guys ever. I mean, it didn't matter. But it was un- mm-hmm. unreal that they actually recruited the best guys. Like, the best guy ever decided to start a clan, and that's how he got. You had to beat a guy in U Star D, which I, I never could anyway. But anyway, sorry, I just wanted to cover the clan while we were on. Uh, no, that's cool. cool. I'm excited to hear the story, man. Let's go with it. But but this is where the stories for us kick in, for me and Hollywood. This, this is where it gets really wild and crazy. So, like you said, X-Band was a connection through your phone line and a phone call. So if you were going to play somebody, you actually made a phone call to them, and that's how it worked. It was like, okay, I'm going to call California, Washington, D.C., whatever, wherever the location that person was at. So... You had that, and what they had is they had either you pay a monthly fee of four ninety five, which would allow you fifty times worth of connected to the month, or you had a nine ninety five fee that gave, gave you a unlimited per month. So you had that, and players were also assessed another fee on top of that, three ninety five per hour for contacting anybody outside their local calling area. For us, where we grew up at, our local calling area was our town, and that was it. There was really nobody that had X-Band in our town other than me, Hollywood, and one or two other people. So this is where it gets really funny and really interesting. So me and Hollywood, we've been playing X-Band for a while. We've been enjoying it, loving it. You know, our parents got a little mad at us because we tied up the phone lines because that's what happened. It, it tied up your phone lines to where you couldn't make calls in and out as well. Yep. So so you, you tied up phone lines. So me and Hollywood just started playing at night. That's, what, that's the reason why we became night gamers and started playing all the time at night. Well... The first month phone bill came in, and I remember my mom and Hollywood's mom talking to each other about this because we got in major trouble for this. 
And phone bills were, I remember my mom's phone bill said, said she was, her, her phone bill was around $250 oh, for yeah. that time. And back then, phone <laughs> bills were like 30 bucks. Yeah, mine was and three, $350. Th- exactly. And Hollywood's was like almost 400 I remember. In so 1992 money. Crazy. <laughs> yes. So, so, so it was crazy. So we got in so much trouble for this. But it was just that that's just the one thing. That's, that's one of the things I remember back from X Band days is because of how much it really truly cost to play that. It was a super expensive way to play online gaming. But man, but it was awesome. so much fun. It was so much fun. <laughs> Oh, and yeah. um, we 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 did that, you know. I think we ended up getting away with about two or three months worth of doing that before we really got in trouble. And the parents said, "Okay, either you can't play it anymore, or all of your allowance money is going straight to this." You- well, I I know that I got away with it for a little bit longer <coughs> than that, but I didn't play more than about four or five months on it. And I don't remember about how long Hollywood th- played. No. I think he played a little bit longer, but yeah. But I had to pay. So I had to pay that that half of the bill or whatever i had to pay at least half of it and you remember how i paid it you didn't have a job or anything i had to sell the 3do man i had to sell the 3do that's right all the games to drew (laughs) and drew bought it for like 150 bucks because every time i had the 3do i'd just take it to his house anyway and play so hey hey, just buy it dude we'll just keep it at your it's both of ours we'll just keep it at your house (laughs) (laughs) just go over there and play it but uh, so if i was playing it anyway it was over there but um but that's how i had to do and i had to give that to mom and i think i was just like yeah i think i'm done with it i don't remember i think i did play it a little bit longer but there was just a lot more restrictions because you could limit it uh to how much you get like you said uh but how much you can connect but um you know it just never I, i don't remember the whole logistics of it i do know this though it's just kind of a cool thing uh like i was talking about u star d um i can't remember i was thinking trying to think of the one that i was in i was one like called anarchist or something and i was the co-leader i just asked the guy can i be the co-leader he's like yeah whatever man you know it's like cool because there was nothing really to do just to say i'm the co-leader exactly but there was another group that was really good too and i can't remember their remember their name but they were really good and i had a niche i wasn't as good as game at games as they were but i had a niche to get in these clans do you remember do you remember what it was you probably don't remember this because i don't ever think about this but no i don't remember that at all all right so this is takes a little bit of explaining so the way that email works you have to contact the server so do the whole thing then you get 10 so if i sent you 50 emails you would only get 10 at a time so, That's right, I remember that. So you would get 10 emails, and you go through them, and say, okay, cool. You go, oh, get 10 unread messages, or whatever that would say. It's called X-Mail. And, uh, and so you go read it, and it's kind of a pain. you got to click, okay, I open it up, and then I want to delete it. And just click, move it over, okay, delete. Do you, are you sure you want to delete? Yes, okay, that one was gone. you got to do that for all 10. Then you have to connect again. So those, that 50 you were talking about, that 50 connects, each time you connect to email, it's making you charge one of those 50 connects. So you connect again. Oh, you have 10 more emails. Okay. And you just keep, you have to do all that. You have to keep doing that. So um, what we would do, and I, I found this by mistake. Mitch Miles said he sent me a, uh, a Beavis and Butthead screensaver on X-Band. Because, you know, we had both had email. Like, oh, dude, we got email. This is awesome sent me a Beavis and Butthead screensaver on there. Well, it didn't translate 
to that language. So it just left me like, I mean, it was like 30 emails of garble. I mean, it was just code or something. So yeah. I was like, dude, what did you send me, man? This is like blowing my email box. It took me like 30 minutes just to check. Because like I said, you got to delete all of them, reconnect. Okay, 10 more. And you're like, dude, because you're never going to get another email until you clean all that up. So that's when the very, that's a true email bomb right there. It took him yeah. about 20 seconds to send it, but it took me 30 minutes to delete it. So you could have four profiles on there. And my name was like abnormal or something on there. And um, it is A-B-E abnormal but whatever I call myself abnormal you couldn't talk on it but anyway so I was I had a so you had four profiles so I had like three real profiles and another profile called the bomber because <laughs> so, so the, the clans would contact me with people that made them mad or whatever they just didn't like and I would just contact Mitch and say hey bomb this dude so he would send that thing like 10 times to this guy <laughs> And so, and those rumors like, oh, if you get too many emails, it'll melt your X band. You know, like nobody knew anything. I no, that. Nobody knew anything <laughs> about it. And so that's how I got in. I was just the, the hitman for these clans. And they would every so often he would just send. Now. They would just the greaser. <laughs> this guy named the greaser would send me, um, dude. And by the way, if anybody played X band that is hearing this, shoot me a message or something, man. I mean, I remember a lot of people on there. This guy named Meat Hook. He was a U Star D guy. The greaser. Somebody named White Wolf, all these guys. But the Greaser was the the I think he was either the leader or co leader of the other clan that was really good. But that's how I got into it and I would just bomb that. And I mean I remember a couple of guys, one guy made me mad and I kept saying, Hey dude, I'm gonna I'm gonna email bomb you, man, and it might melt your X band if you don't leave me alone. So he was sending me riddles. Well if you answer this riddle, I'll uh, stop messing with you. And it's like, dude, him and this other guy. And I said, all right, time's up. And I said, Mitch, send like 20 of these things to him. So he just bobbed him with 20. And dude never said another word to me. And in fact, his brother, whoever it was, I guess it was a brother or friend, said, dude, please don't do that to me. Please don't do that to me. I'll tell you the answer to the riddles, whatever. I said, dude, I just told you. I warned the guy like so many times. And that's what happens. <laughs> you mess with Abe Normal, <laughs> you get the Beavis and Butthead screensaver. <laughs> But that's a great thing, man. I mean, I was that good. Was at, I was good at uh, there was a there was a glitch in it. Now that I mention, I was good at Mario Kart, but this is kind of defeats the purpose a little bit. Well, no, never mind. That's not true. That's not true. I was gonna say I'm thinking about an emulator because you could get items. The emulator sometimes you can't pick up the items on Super NES Mario Kart, mm -hmm. but so disregard. I was good at Mario Kart on that one. You always just played one on one races. I think you could do battle on that. I don't remember. It was mainly one-on-one -on, -one on that one. Well, it's all one-on-one, -on -one, but, but it's all the one-on-one -on -one races. I don't think you did battle. You remember the battle mm -hmm. battle mode? <clears throat> I don't think you did battle mode, but it was just races. No. And then I think I won one Killer Instinct battle. But anyway, I'll sit here and talk about this forever. I love X-Band. That's a great thing. You can actually go, if you go to YouTube, I think there's one video um, about it that I could see that just has that intro and has the music. And man, I just felt so cool. I felt like some kind of hacker or something. I had a black light on. I put some Metallica on in the background yeah. or some techno funk somewhere and just rock out. All right. So um, so I want to give um, some stats for all of our listeners about X-Band, especially since, you know, not a lot of people probably played it, you know. Um, but this is a really cool stat. At its height, the X Band only had fifteen thousand subscribers, uh, subscribed yep. members. So I mean, you're looking at it—only fifteen thousand people 
really got into it. Um, so that that was that was pretty wild. And then here's some um, here's just uh, the demise of X Band when it really started to fall. So it came out in what ninety four ninety five and only last by it only lasted until ninety seven by March sixteenth nineteen ninety seven. This is all on Wikipedia as well, so I want to let you know where I'm getting my information from. Uh, people could only play within their local area code. So basically, it about crashed everything out because by ninety seven area codes started getting a lot bigger. And you start seeing seeing areas with a lot more area codes. I know that Mississippi, where we're from, didn't have a lot of that. But when you're looking at places like Chicago, New York, all these bigger places, they started getting multiple area codes. So that means it limited you really bad on who you could play. And then on April 30th, 1997, the entire network was just flat out removed. Um, Expanded announced in a previous uh, monthly newsletter that they were shutting it down with the newsletter writer citing the service's lack of popularity as the cause. I mean, with only 15,000 people, that's pretty... You know, it's a small population of gamers, especially during the time of Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, and all of that. That was that was a, a really big point in gaming when the gaming revival was really starting to pick back up as well. And it's really funny to think that that's the gaming revival when me and Hollywood look back and that's just like that was just olden days. It's just old days playing video games. And to think that that was actually one of the revivals of gaming because you know you had the Ataris way back when. And then you have this come in, and then of course the X band come in. You know, everybody really thought that the X band was going to be something to really revolutionize gaming, which actually it really was. Because without the X band, you might not have had the ideas of things that came up. You know, not long after the X band goes away, you have EverQuest come out. You have online gaming's like online games like that start coming out. You have the PC gaming world start to really hit more online gaming from there because. You know, once the consoles got it, the PCs were like, oh crap, we need to really beat this out. And they already did some online gaming, but they really got bigger around this time as well because you start having Quake come out and things like that. So X-Band was a very, although it was very limited, I think it was a very revolutionary gaming gaming thing for online gaming and to bring it to the world that we know now. Yeah, Sega Saturn's modem actually used X-Band technology. And they did the... Uh... They did some X band with Sega Saturn actually competition, you know, the competitors. Mm-hmm. But um, <clears throat> it was just revolution. I mean, it was it was revolution. It was ahead of its time. The idea and stuff was certainly something that people were could easily get on board with. I think the logistics just weren't there because of the uh, high cost with the phone. You know, you would have to set up a server in every state, pretty much, that mm-hmm. you could just call and let them take the brunt of the phone bill or whatever i don't know i don't know how they would do it but it just it just costs too much like you said we're 300 dollars in and and back then it's just the way that the phone lines were i remember to call jackson which was 30 minutes away it was like 40 cents a minute or something i mean i don't remember exactly it's just that's the way phones were that you know now you my phone bill we actually do got a landline because it kind of came with the cable and it's and we got cable, mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, we're old yeah. school. But you know, it costs like six bucks, you know, a month. Yeah, for any call anywhere. Exactly. Well, I mean, back then you're looking at you know people hadn't started pushing the technology and the phone lines of being able to call those long distances and being cheaper, and you still had a very segmented phone you know phone companies because you had places like Bell South, AT and T. I mean, you had all these different phone companies still at that time. They were starting to conglomerate into one, you know one area with you know us we you know our main server our, our main provider was AT&T 
and they started once they started conglomerating you started seeing those phone bills come down and decreasing but by the time that happened we were out of high school you know getting out of this type of gaming and moving on to the next generation of gaming so at that calm. point yeah exactly so <laughs> which, so 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 when we get to SOCOM in just a few minutes, yeah. we're going to probably have quite a long talk on just yeah. SOCOM because that's really <coughs> where me and Hollywood really die, dove head first into online gaming, yeah, well, even more so than the X-Band. But the X-Band limited us because of the high cost, and so we were kind of away from it. Um, I pulled up the list of games here. If you want to look at it, you can always go to Wikipedia, look up X-Band, and it's got the list of games it does have from Genesis, uh, SNES, and Saturn. The reason why I wanted to bring up the Saturn is because... Um, this is Japanese uh, Japan X brand, X band branded releases only. So basically, Saturn was only doing. It looks. I'm just by reading here. It looks like it was only doing it in Japan by this time. But when Sega Saturn came out, it was past you know past this uh, Genesis and SNES because that was the next step up for the Genesis was the Saturn. Yeah. But they have quite a good list. You can go look at it. I don't want to read it all. The one that I do want to mention is just because I see on Saturn a game that I used to play that I loved that I actually had the steering wheel and the gas pedals for. It was Daytona USA Championship yeah. Circuit Edition. Loved that game. It was a, so much fun. It was a blast. I just want to mention that real quick because that was just right there and I saw that and it just brought back so many memories because I remember sitting in my room Christmas morning with this steering wheel in my lap that has a shifter for that. it and, and gas pedals down on the floor so you can actually drive the whole car. I was I told mom and dad, hey, I want to do this so I can learn how to drive a car before I get a car because that was actually before I started driving. So, But just want to bring that up real quick. But yeah, I mean, it's X-Band was a revolutionary thing. Too bad that its lifespan was short and it was an expensive system and, or sp expensive piece. I mean, it only cost you 20 bucks to buy it, but after that, like both Hollywood and I said, you're looking at phone bills that are astronomical and just high fees and then getting bogged down with if you made somebody mad you might get the bomber on you so you know you, you got those kind of problems there so it's it, a problem it's one you of those don't things. want <laughs> that's right and so the bomber was the original you know hate mail thing you just didn't realize it was hate mail until you couldn't play your game anymore because it bogged your system down that bad it was so. ingenious on on Hollywood's part to learn that but pretty devious as well so that's that's that, that was pretty cool but um you know well, we, ch ch go go through and read the X-Band stuff on uh Wikipedia check out the videos that you can just check it out because it's a really neat piece of equipment it is rare really. for videos though it's kind of tough to get but you can see there's a few on online so but you you know if anybody has one I guess you could still turn it on it's not going to connect but yeah, there's nothing for it to connect to. There's no servers out there. It's not like some of the stuff nowadays that you could pop onto. So, but well, well, cool. We'll leave it at that with that one. Yeah, we're 30 <laughs> minutes in, so that's good though. I mean, uh, so we'll just uh, move on here for X Band from X Band, and uh, so pick up on the fifth gen. So the last we talked about, what what did we stop talking about? We kind of got to right at the Sega Saturn era. Uh, so that's just right after the SNES. But uh, ironically, the um, fifth gen—that's the that's Sega and uh, Super NES. It's actually the Neo Geo, Philips CDI, 3DO that we kind of mentioned, and the Atari mm -hmm. Jaguar, which was the Atari's last-ditch effort at a 64-bit system during a 16-bit era that pretty much just was terrible. But mm -hmm. um, 
so uh so yeah man so leo geo i mean that thing is one that came out at like a pretty much buying an arcade cabinet right there which was it's that was the thing it is actually at the arcade cabinets was the big mm-hmm. cartridges but the cost of the console six hundred fifty dollars with the games two hundred dollars in 1989 was, man oh my gosh that's like 1500 hundred dollar console uh, neo geos were just outpriced i never bought a neo geo I, I begged my parents for one and they told me that i'm stupid i'm insane and i'm a lunatic for even asking for anything that much but you know that's one that i that's one that i did not get i did get to play one and of course back in the day i was like oh my god this is so awesome but most people that had it had one, maybe two games because the games were stupid price, you know. And two hundred dollars were the cheap games, you know. They had some games that they charged more for because they thought that they could. It was back in the day where um, you'd actually see different pricing on gaming at that time. So it, it was just it was crazy. Uh, I, I'm upset Neo Geo did that because they shot themselves in the foot for it. But at the same time, too, they actually help advance gaming as well doing that. Yeah, I don't remember anybody that had a Neo Geo. Do you remember anybody that had a Neo Geo? I actually had a cousin that had one, and and I, I got to go over there and play it. And I, I, like I said, he only had one game for it, and he only ever had one game for it <laughs> because his parents were not going to buy him another one with that two hundred dollars a pop. You know, it's just crazy. Yeah, so. I don't know if you guys can hear this on the uh, on the uh, the track here, but on my end, you're kind of kind of like sparking out a little bit it's kind of getting robotic every so often we can still hear what you're saying but uh every once in a while it'll kind of spark out or whatever but yeah my video of you is doing the same thing so okay so hopefully hopefully it's just the connection and not the recording yeah i think it's the connection not the recording (coughs) recording looks like it's picking up just fine for me cool all right, so then another one, was, which was I really liked, was the 3DO. I mean, that's one of my favorite systems, and I actually got it for Christmas the same year that the PlayStation was coming out. And, you know, we got, I always sort of had, all the, um, had all the magazines, Nintendo Power, Game Pro, and that kind of deal. And I could tell by reading those magazines that, man, I think the 3DO is dying. I wish I would have asked for a PlayStation, but I didn't. <laughs> I got the 3DO, which I'm, I'm glad I did. Because uh, we had a lot of fun with that thing. And um, yeah, that was way ahead of its time. And that was supposed to be the next big thing. The guy that, that started it is a guy named Trip Hawkins. And uh, he kind of, he was the founder of uh, EA, Electronic Arts. And so he kind of just started his own console thing. But they made one critical marketing mistake that just cost him the entire thing. Was that they licensed out the... Uh, just the soft, the uh, hardware to other people, Panasonic, Magnavox, and they would develop the system. So you could buy a Magnavox system, Gold Star, something like the Panasonic FC1. And so <clears throat> they, so the only way that those companies could make money was to charge extra for the system. So that was an expensive system too. You're talking about six, seven hundred dollars, thirty-two bit, and it was in '93. So I mean, dude, you're talking. I mean, that's Nintendo, uh, Super Nintendo came out in 91, so, you know, you're talking two years later, you got a 3DO out, and it's just blowing everybody away, but again, the games were re- uh, was were reasonable, because it was just a CD-based game, but $700 for a system, that's just, that's just too much, mm-hmm. nobody was paying that, but uh, that was a cool thing, it was a three-button three controller, which I think this was actually a pretty... Especially back then, you got this. All you need three button controller like this Genesis severed had shoulder mm-hmm. buttons, 
you know, the bumpers like the Super Nintendo, the yep. R and L, and uh, the second player controller plugged into the first player controller, which is kind of weird. There's only one control port on the system, but it was like a computer. You got to click the back of it and the little on switch, mm-hmm. and then it starts up. But uh, we played games. We played Return Fire on there. That was one of my favorite games of all time. That's actually on that movie, um, In the Army Now. Probably sure that game that starts it off. That's that's the Return Fire. Uh, you remember that? That's right. That's right. Yeah, I do remember that now. Yeah, that's so, a great game. Yeah, I didn't play a lot of a lot of the 3DO. Um, Hollywood had that, and I did play some with him, but that, I don't have a ton of memories of that one. Um, I do remember getting a PlayStation. I remember getting it. Uh, I got it in ninety five, ninety six. I got it after it came out, after it had been out for a little bit, and I actually got it before I got a Nintendo sixty four, because uh, that, that's also in the fifth generations there, and. Dude, I thought I was hot stuff when I got that PlayStation because, you know, it was the new hotness and everything like that, and it was really awesome. I mean, the Sega 32X, I didn't realize it came out the same time as well, and I actually got the Sega 32X before I got the PlayStation, but, you know, they, they were awesome. You know, it was it was a great console. You know, I was like, oh, man, CD quality, this is going to be great, man. This is going to be, you know, game changer, which, looking back at it now, it's oh my gosh, it's a major game changer. You know, it, it basically revolutionized the way gaming was done when when PlayStation came out. So that, that, was, that was amazing. But I just remember getting one and being like, oh my gosh, I got one, you know. Well, Demolition Derby, yeah, that was the big game. I think that's, it, I don't remember if it came with the system or not. But, you know, that's real-time damage to cars, parts mm-hmm. flying off. I mean, that was, that was a huge deal back then. I mean, you know, the, the, literally... You're just a car in the middle of this arena, and you just—it yep. was just awesome to drive straight to the middle and just have it all converge. And it's different damage every time, mm-hmm. um, and you just had to try to survive. What you didn't really care about surviving, you just like to see all the damage that can happen you to just the cars. To, you just wanted to ram the cars. That was yeah, so much awesome. fun coming through, just ramming them, see what happens when you ram them. You know, it was a blast. It was so much fun. Oh, so, yeah. uh, I had on the uh, 3DO. And it took, like I told you last time, the uh, what got me to get the... Well, I knew the Final Fantasy VII was coming out on PlayStation. It was originally designed to come out on the 64. But for whatever reason, cartridge-based limited uh, Squaresoft's ability to do what they wanted to do. So they changed it to PlayStation. Uh, 3-disc, which is the first time that'd come out. But anyway, yep. uh, that's what got me to PlayStation. Before that, so I had the uh, 3DO, like I said. So I had uh, Return Fire, which is a lot of fun. Me and Drew played that all the time. Um... We had um, Return Fire. I bought Doom for that. I bought Killing Time, which is like a... I remember Killing Time. It's like a... It's just kind of weird. It's like you're in this mansion, and it's a first-person shooter, but all the images are like real people looking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what it's called. I can't remember. I don't know what it's called, but it's not cartoony. And uh, it's supposed to be scary, but it's just kind of weird. It, it, the controls weren't as good. Um, so, But Wolfenstein 3D, I mean, that game was awesome on 3DO because I think you got yeah. everything that, that ID ever made for, for Wolfenstein on that one disc. Mm-hmm. At, uh, and it, I played that forever. Um, let's see what else. I wanted Demolition Man. It just looked real good. I don't. I never played it. But Dragon's mm-hmm. Lair, all those... I, I got sucked into that Dragon's Lair. Actually, Dragon's Lair was awesome because it was... Uh, old school cartoon that got turned into a video game and so that just was really cool seeing that but look but yeah back then you sit and you're like you mean you're automatically like oh my god i can play this cartoon but it's 
terrible, man, because you just push a button. You just you can literally just smash the yep. button as much fast as you can. You'll get through the game. That one in uh, Space Ace were the two. Mm-hmm. I think I got a real good deal on both of them, and uh, that's what I kind of did that. But they had a lot of uh, Captain Quasar. Was a, I, I just played the um, demo to that one. That one was a great one. Uh, I'm just trying to scroll through here real quick and just pick up yeah. something uh, if I've missed it. I think I had missed for it just because that was the the hotness back then, just some random game that you can go anywhere and never figure out. I mean, yeah, missed was the super hotness because I remember around that time was when my parents got a PC and it came with <laughs> yes. Mist. And I, I got to play Mist on the PC. I didn't play it on the 3DO, but I played it on the PC and I was just like, oh my gosh, I got Mist on the PC. It's so much cooler than the 3DO. I remember that saying that to uh, Hollywood at one time. <laughs> and, and, so, and so we just thought we were really cool for that game. I mean, because, I mean, it's a game that had absolutely came with no instructions. You played it. If you've never checked out Mist, go check it out. It's actually a really interesting game. It's one of these adventure games that you have to figure out all these puzzles to get to the end. It, it's actually a really compli- it can be a complicated game at times because you actually really had to do real life puzzles like really um, they were really smart and intricate puzzles. They had lots of detail to them and you actually had to figure things out, cipher things, all kinds of stuff. It's a really cool thing. You know, it, it was it was kind of ahead of its time but also, you know, a really cool game to play at that time too. So, one that my favorite game on there, and this is the—I mean, this is probably the ve- best version of the game that's ever been released, and you can't get it anywhere else—is Road Rash. That game yes. was sick on 3DO. I mean, I, there's no way to even describe it. That had music videos in it. It had real-world music, um, you know, for you know, real artists in there, and just. You're racing motorcycles down streets, punching each other. Cops try to rescue, punch them out, knock them off the bike, and everybody that you messed with, they could hold it against you, and they would they would either be your friend or they would uh, come at you. If you if you didn't punch them, they'd leave you alone. Some of some people liked it when you punched them, and they want to be your friend. They respected you more. But stuff like that, you make money racing, you get bigger, better bikes, and I mean, if you just kind of left it alone, they would have uh, this. I think the name of the band was Paul. P-A-W, yeah, yeah. and uh, a song called Jesse, and it's about a dog, but it was so good. I don't remember what, how it Road, goes. Road Rash was an insane the sound garden was so, so much sick. So much fun because you would get the great music and just the craziness of that game. I so remember that game. It was just, oh my gosh, just it, it just a stupid, crazy game. So I went back and got it on um, PlayStation as well because I, I don't have a 3DO now. But I got a PlayStation 2, which I play my regular <laughs> PS1 games on as well. And I went back and bought Road Rash for that. And it's the same game, except for this. Not as, the, all you got is the Soundgarden video. Um, you don't have Paul. And I think there's probably not as many. So if you win the race or you get knocked off or whatever, it would switch to a little scene that was pre-recorded. Mm-hmm. And they were funny. And there was a lot of variety in those scenes. There's a ton of different scenes. And you kind of, what's, what's going to happen? You know, I get caught by the cops. I'm going to get arrested. You know, you get you get embarrassed in front of your girl and everybody's laughing at you if you lose or whatever the case. You come, you come, you know, pushing your smoking bike across the finish line and everybody's already out drinking or something and they're just looking at you like, oh, who's this guy? I mean, stuff like that was just, it was great. It's such a good game. So I pulled up some information on Road Rash because, you know, I just remember it from the 3DO. I did not realize it actually was very first done on Sega Genesis back in 1991. Oh, yeah, it's good there, it, too. It, it was very it was put there first, 
and just you know a really interesting thing they actually did it the uh, scaled down version for the master system for the sega game gear and the game boy and then they were actually were going to do it with the snes but they canceled it just for whatever reason mm-hmm. it doesn't have any note here but the updated version uh was CD platform based was Sega CD, 3DO, PlayStation, Sega Saturn, and Microsoft Windows actually had, was out there. So, and in the updated version, you got more locales other than you know you got, you got more locations other than just the um, it's updated version. Once it features all California locales, it was all in California. So you got locales: the city, the peninsula, Pacific Coast Highway, Sierra Nevada, and Napa Valley. So it's just kind of funny thinking that this game took place in just California. so And two, looking at this, they actually made six different versions of Road Rash. There were, there were six different versions in the series. So that's that's something cool to check out and look at it. Yeah, and I jumped on the Road Rash 64. I think I rented it from Video Visions. And uh, it was just Good old ter- Video Visions. <laughs> it was, that game was not fun at all. Um, and that kind of killed it for me. But anyway, so that's that's the 3DO for you in a couple of games, and at least my experience with it. Um, so, I guess we just let's, so we'll, uh, we'll talk about the N64 now since we just jumped over from the Road Rash 64, and we talked a little bit about it already. Um, did we did we talk about it the last one? I can't remember. Did we did we which one? The, the 64? 64. Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember if we talked much about it, but you know we'll rehash it again. It's not okay. not a big deal. Uh, so sixty four, you know, it comes out and it was it was awesome. It's like I remember getting it and be like, oh man, this is gonna be so cool. You know, we can play four players at any time. And then when we got a hold of the controller, I didn't mind it. A lot of people called don't like it, it an a call it an alien controller. I don't like it because I don't like I don't like trying to figure out which handle am i gonna hold this time am i gonna hold the middle handle or am i gonna hold the other one you know it it was a pretty decent controller it was the first controller that had a joystick built in it that i remember using um and and a a real good one i mean uh, yeah the old school nintendo super nintendo one but that's the one that it had to be implemented because of the 3d games but yeah and and it wasn't you know and that wasn't bad That, that was actually you know you know they they made the back then they made the controllers that were the um basically the same as what you would see at the uh arcades they made those but i don't count those because those were actually separate controllers and they were made for that arcade style playing this was the first controller that the game the system came with it like this had the joystick built in i remember that you know luckily they made the controllers cheap because boy did you have to replace those controllers all the time because those little <laughs> joysticks would would wear out Mario 64 was such a great game but man you would break a stick on it just playing that game and not even playing aggressively you know just I remember I actually snapped one of the sticks in half because there was some trick that you had to do that you had to slam it up and slam it down real quick to make something happen I don't remember exactly what movement it was and I did that one time, and then I looked down, and my stick is broken. And so I couldn't play the game anymore that day. I had to go beg my mom, hey, I need 20 bucks to go buy a new controller. My controller just snapped when I was barely playing it. She got all mad at me. She said, no, you didn't do it. You got mad and threw it at the TV or something. I was like, come look at my TV. There's no dents in it this time, Mom. So it was, it was, pretty, it was pretty funny, you know, with that, you know. But overall, I mean, it was, a, it was a neat system, and I think the only thing that hurt it was the fact that Nintendo was like, Everybody else is coming out with CDs. Nintendo's like, I'm coming out with a cartridge. I'm staying with the cartridge. 
And I think that's what ended up hurting them in the long run with this one because in this list I'm you know referencing here, it only sold 33 million units versus the 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 Sega PlayStation. I'm the Sega PlayStation, Sony PlayStation that sold 125 million units. So you're looking at in the same generation, the PlayStation well outsold it, and that was basically the signal that Nintendo's losing a little bit of. Uh, connection with its fan base it pretty much never recovered but um i i like this system uh to begin i mean i i really do i liked it i know a lot of people don't like it and even now if i kind of brush off the nostalgia yeah i mean i can definitely see why people uh can hate on it but with the nostalgia for me that it kind of wins it over I love. I mean, Mario sixty four is my favorite Mario game. There is. It was a blast. I mean, it was a lot of fun. It had secrets in it. You know, to play a game that had so many secrets was really neat about it too. That that was really cool. But the uh, Golden Eye, of course, we had so many uh, fun after school shootouts on that one, and uh, you know that's where they introduced the Rumble Pack. That's where everybody gets the shaking and the controllers. Mm-hmm. So the first started with uh, Nintendo sixty four was a separate accessory accessory yep. that you had to plug in there uh had to have batteries and all this and uh it was just, just didn't amazing. that come with golden eye i can't remember if it came with golden eye or not uh i know that it um what did it come with what i don't remember look it up oh. i think i don't remember what who it came what it came with but i know that when you you know you got the 45 pistols or whatever and you shoot it and then it it would right because you the trigger the z button is right under the joystick and so it was like mm-hmm. you were pulling a trigger on a gun, and it would shake, and that was just amazing back then. But um, those are the two games that really cut me. And I, and I played Ocarina of Time. I finished it, but I didn't really like it as much. Did you get the answer? Yeah, I did get the answer. It actually came with Star Fox 64. I was about to say Star Fox. <laughs> I was about to Star like, Fox oh, 64 God. is what it came with. And now, now that I say that, I remember that it came in that packaging. Yeah. So... Um, but, uh, yeah, speaking of that, you know, of, uh, the legend of Zelda for 64, that's the one, well, that's one of the Zeldas that I dove head, head deep in. And I loved that one. That was, you know, one of my favorites because you, you had free roam and it was 3d. It wasn't the flat style scroller. You know, you had the, you had the 3d to it. And now back in, what was it? The link to the past that was on uh super Nintendo, correct? Yeah. You know, Link to the Past, that was a lot of fun because I remember in that one you could pick up the chickens and throw them. And that was kind of the fun thing to do in that one. But when you move over to the Ocarina of Time... The whole game you're talking about chickens. Oh, that exactly. whole big game. <laughs> uh, this whole that whole game, you you know, you had everything to do in there, and the one thing I remember is grab a chicken and throw it, and keep on hitting the chicken until they attack you. And that's what makes you know. it a good game because got a chicken. <laughs> you got some crazy things like that. Oh yeah, don't get me started about the chickens because Destiny Two has Ralph the chicken in it now. I wish they would have do a little more with it, but I'll get to that later. Uh, so, um, but Ocarina of Time, it was just really interesting because you had this. You know, you had Link starting out little bitty, and you get to see him grow and all this other stuff, and do all this fun things with him. It was a, it was a really interesting game, and a lot of fun to me, and I liked it because you could do all kinds of stuff. I mean, when you see little Link, you go run over to where the stables were, and you'd see a little just newborn horse. When you come back, when you're big, the horse is big, and that's the horse you get to ride in the game. So it was really neat that it had all of those kind of connection things through it, and it was a full open world. You could run anywhere you wanted to. You know, yeah, you had your little markers for where you needed to go, but 
it was open world, and that was a lot of fun to me because I liked exploring at that time because it was just like, let's go exploring. I mean, now in a game, I'm just like, let me do my missions, get them done, and then I'll go explore. Yeah, there's... But that... But that game was just a lot of fun to me, and I really enjoyed it. It was, you know, my introduction. It was, it was kind of my my first game that I I just really remembered a heart that was, you know, one that really drew me into the whole open world experience and to, to play the open world along with uh, Mario sixty four. There's usually like two camps with Zelda. There's the two uh, D guys and the three D, and I'm a two D guy, man, all the way. I, not counting Breath of the Wild, which is arguably one of the best games ever made uh and it's a quickly it's probably my favorite zelda now breath of the wild unbelievable but i I just wanted to get that out there before i say that i'm not a 3d zelda fan which i'm not uh again other than breath of the wild link to the past was my favorite one link to the past and uh i like link's awakening for the game boy but um Ocarina of Time, I, I mean, I, I bought it when it came out. I couldn't wait for it. I remember cutting grass to get the money and, and so on. Mm-hmm. And um, played it and, and loved it. And then I remember going to another temple or going to another um, dungeon and then kind of going, oh, I got to finish this dungeon too. You know, so that's when I kind of realized, wait a minute, I'm supposed to be enjoying this and I'm not, look, I, it's like a chore to go through this dungeon. Now, in retrospect, I guarantee it was probably after the ice dungeon, the water dungeon, which that they changed it in the uh, the new uh, remix and the remastered or whatever for 3DS and whatnot. But you had to 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 get to the dungeon, you had to keep putting on these iron boots so you would sink, take them off so you would float. Well, you had to go all the way into the menu, start menu, switch over. It's just really a pain. A lot of just flipping through menus just to get an item equipped. And are de-equipped or whatever, and it just that just killed it. And they, like I said, they changed it now because they realized it was hindering the game. But I think that's where I stopped liking it. And I ended up finishing it. I never played Majora's Mask, but there's a lot of people out there that believe uh, the Ocarina of Time is the best game ever, much less the best Zelda game. And I'd like to see what they think about that now since the Breath of the Wild is out because they they killed it, man. Breath of the Wild. Nah. I can't say anything because I haven't played Breath of the Wild yet, but you know I have I have Hollywood, and I also have another one of my friends that, that have played it and love it and say it's a fantastic game. And they're actually two people I trust on their opinion of games. But for me, I mean, Ocarina of Time was an amazing game. It was really cutting edge. It actually pushed uh, Mario Brothers Four further than what it went. You know, it it, it pushed those types types of graphics and pushed that further. And I'm a very graphical person. I like graphics. You know, I'm a computer person by, by nature, so all of that stuff really intrigued me. Getting to see that push and that jump in the graphics for, for video games. And it was a really well-written story. And that's what I liked about it. I love story games. You know, me and Hollywood can go all day long about how, you know, one of us would be playing final fantasy and the other one was sitting there watching it because it's like watching a movie to us you know it felt like we were watching a movie during that and and uh ocarina time for me kind of carried on that whole story of a game tradition you know having that really good story just really good controls just everything just felt right about that game and that's why i really think that it's it's arguably one of the best games ever. I mean, really, I'm, I'm going to throw that out there, and I feel like it, it is because it's just got the classic feel to it. It's got so many great elements in it, 
and you get to see so much and the way that it's so well connected inside of itself, you don't see many holes in its storyline. And it's just a really, really well done game, and I have to give the the people that that made it credit for that because they did they did a great job on it. Yeah, the only problem with the storyline is uh, how it splits off to try to when they tried to <laughs> Miyamoto tried to everybody was wanting the Zelda the Zelda storyline, you know, the timeline for Zelda. Where does Zelda one take place? Where does Zelda two take place? Mm-hmm. And this this this. Have you seen the timeline? No, I hadn't seen it. I it's seen obviously it. just a thrown together like we're just trying to satisfy the fans i mean like it breaks off where oh well you know young link you know where um zelda turns him back young and sends him back away so he can relive his childhood that starts branches off a timeline well old link continues on after he kills ganon that's a timeline old link is defeated by ganon that's another timeline so it's it branches off that's literally the timeline of zelda Mm -hmm. in fact the the uh, old school nes and then the only direct sequel was Zelda 2. So Zelda yep. 1 and Zelda 2. And then um, that was actually the only direct sequel in the timeline. And those happen at the end of the Zelda story. <laughs> oh, wow. So, man, they had That's a lot wild. planned. They had a whole lot planned. I guess they had planned yeah. out the next 10 years, right? Which is obviously. Exactly. So anyway... So that's pretty much all it is for the N64 for me. Those are the big games for me, the big moments that I remember uh, offhand um, with Golden. In the 64 for me was Conker's Bad Fur Day. <laughs> that, yeah. And I remember we did talk about that yeah. on the last podcast, so I won't go into any more of that. It, you know, If you want to hear any more stories about Conker's Bad Fur Day, go listen to the last podcast, Retro uh, Part 1. And uh, But that, that to me, that was my summation of my 64 was the Conker's Bad Fur Day. I loved that game. That game was awesome. I so want an emulator that does it well, and I haven't found an emulator that does it well yet. So if anybody's got links to an emulator that can play that, pull that one off, let me know because I really want to do that. Get to play that game again. Which, of course, you're going to buy the game before um, you emulate it because it would be legal. Do what? You're going to buy the game first before you emulate it because it would be illegal. Yeah. So anyway, um, <laughs> the... Uh, yeah. And like I said, I still think <clears throat> I have my... Still think I have my car cartridge over here in a drawer. So anyway, but, so, uh, yeah. Sorry if I keep coughing. I got. I'm just coming over a cold, so if it's, sorry if it's bothering everybody. But uh, uh, and I've anyway. got a little bit of the sniffles too. But that's what I get for having seasonal allergies. Oh yes, yeah, so I got that too. And in Florida, it's just bad. But anyway, so uh, fur day. I had a, actually had a chance to buy that again. Um, it already been collectible at that point, and so. I think it was fifty bucks that I got offered, and I was like, "Nope, not gonna." Is it at forty or fifty? And I turned it down, which now it's like over a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> which is so they've been going up, but anyway, um, I just I never played it, and I'm not. A, I'm trying to just narrow down systems. I mean, I don't know. I got a bunch of games for several different systems, but I don't hardly play any of them. But anyway, uh, so moving on from the N64 to PlayStation One, and we kind of talked about. What are, what are some big games that you remember on that one, on that system, besides Final Fantasy VII? The first, the, the other big game that I remember is Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. Grand Theft Auto started on the on the PlayStation 1 for us. I remember playing it and having a blast with it, and Gran Turismo. Those are the two that oh, yeah. just stand Great. out for me, because Grand Theft Auto... All you ever did it was it was a flat game, you know. It wasn't you know it wasn't overhead. like it is now. Yeah, it was an overhead flat view, so you're, you're kind of looking at it like that. It was almost like a side scroller. 
All I, all I ever did in that game was beat up somebody to see how fast the car was to drive it all the way across town to see if I could make it all the way across town and smash into something. I remember that's mainly what I did. I didn't really put too much play the missions or anything on it, which I mean, I think most people probably did the same thing too. It's just like, let's see how fast we can go and see if we can survive this crash. You know, the motorcycles were so much fun to drive. <laughs> I forgot about it. <laughs> and, and they were crazy because you just go, go to town and then the school bus. The school bus was the funniest thing because it took you forever to get going any kind of speed. But once you did, it was like a bulldozer going to town. I mean, it was just plowing through everything. Insane. So much fun, though. It was, it was a blast. And then Gran Turismo, that was the first, to me, the first great racing game. I know I talked about um, the, the other one on the Saturn that I thought was a lot of fun, but I really think that Gran Turismo did it right because it was the first one that you felt like you were really driving a real car. The uh, Daytona one, you were on a racetrack that arcade-y. was like a like a regular one. Yeah, it had the real arcade feel. This did not have an arcade feel. You really had to work at it to be able to drive it. You had to gain license to be able to drive certain courses and things like that. It's a really, really well thought out game, and it was tough too. And it it, it really, I think it really grew the gaming. Uh, the gaming on driving games. Uh, excuse me. So you had that had that kind of stuff going on there. Really, really awesome game. You know, a lot of fun. Those were those were the two that really stood out to me. Yeah, yeah. I remember. <laughs> I forgot about the Gran Turismo. So I actually own Gran Turismo two and three, which is a PS two, which is a great game too. Um, is it three or four that I got? I can't remember, but I I played it and it actually get has graphics. The PS2 version of Gran Tur- Turismo has graphics like the three three sixty. That's phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. it, back then it's crazy, but uh, Symphony of the Night was my big game that I really liked. Um, <clears throat> ended up trading that in to GameStop, which you know I got it on uh, Xbox three sixty arcade now, but uh, that was a that's a groundbreaking game too. That's where you get the Metroidvania type uh, deals mm-hmm. there, um, and so that one. And let's see, I know I had a bunch of like Breath of Fires um, mm-hmm. and Metal Gear Solid came out. That was the one that yep. that was another groundbreaking one, Metal Gear Solid One, uh, and that one was like the only one that was kind of tolerable for me. Well, actually, Metal Gear Solid Three was good too. And Metal Gear Solid 2, my gosh, at the freaking videos. I mean, you're sitting there. You see a cutscene, you might as well go order a pizza because yeah, you're going to be they, sitting there watching it for, I mean, I, think, I don't know how long the longest one is. I, I mean, I want to say it's like 45 minutes or something for a freaking it was pretty cutscene. Much a, it's pretty much a movie. Uh, they, they went they went all out on that one to try to make it as movie-feeling as possible, and I think that kind of hurt that game. or. Not kind of, it did hurt that game. So yeah, and Hideo Kojima, I mean, he like prides himself on the uh, his story and all this. Which I mean, you have to go. You can, and it's addicting when you know the story. I didn't know any of the story while playing the games, but if you go to YouTube and look up Metal Gear Solid story, I mean, it'll it'll spell it out for you, and it's actually pretty involved and it's actually a mm-hmm. real written story. But um, that's not what I get a video game like Metal Gear for. You know, I want to. Well, now you would, and if you say you get Metal Gear to play it, you're like, oh, dude, you don't want to watch the movies because it's going to be a bunch of them. I hadn't played Part 4, but um, just because of the movies, so I didn't even bother. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we'll probably go about 30 minutes long on this one at least, and that's that's cool. Uh, 
I, I don't mind that. I mean, you guys can, they can, if anybody wants to cut it off, of course, cut it off, cut it back on whenever you want. But uh, we're going to kind of break our hour rule here because uh, we're just now getting to Saturn, which Saturn is your deal because I'd never had a Saturn. You were the first one to have a Saturn. First, like you yep. said, Daytona USA, you got the all the uh, accessories with it, the steering wheel, the mm-hmm. pedal. Um, you bought Knights when that first came out, and they had mm-hmm. the controller. That was the new thing coming out. Um, what else did you get for it? The one game that always <laughs> will always stand out in my mind because I'm a huge fan of dragons. I love dragons. I love the mythological study of that. Um, if you ask any of my friends that I've played D and D with, my main character that I grew that I played with for years, he ended up becoming a dragon. That's how crazy I went into that thing. Um, Panzer Dragoon, yep, awesome I game. That it, game. Was that was so fun. it was so much fun. It was so much fun because you were a dragon rider and you were flying your dragon through a ruined world. It was basically like Earth had been ruined. And it was just water everywhere that had gone over. You would have you'd see ruins of columns and things, and uh, of cities and stuff. And you were just fighting these other, other bad dragons, bad enemies, and things like that. I don't remember it too well. I say it stands out in my head, and I don't remember it too well because I mean, heck, now I feel like I'm really old thinking about this because that was a long time ago now when I look back at it. But man, that game was so awesome. For the fact that you actually got to fly, you know, there were there wasn't too many games that really dove into the whole let's let the character fly, and you got to fly and fly dragon at that, and I was just I ate that up. Yeah. So what it what it basically was was just a skinned, uh, you know, fantasy skin 3D shooter, but it was done really well, even regardless of what it was. It could have had jets or whatever, and it was dragons, which made it cool. And of course, that played into part two, and I believe they had a part three, which that, I think you could mm-hmm. get off the dragon at that point. But yeah, uh, th- th- three, you could go back and forth and ride the dragon and all that. So. But Panzera Dragon uh, Saga is the role playing version of that, which I never played. But man, is that an expensive game now? I mean, you're talking about five hundred dollars, six hundred, probably. Jeez. I'm probably underestimating it because you can't play it any other way. Um, but. Uh, that's uh that's a very collectible one now that was toward the end of the lifestyle or lifespan of the uh saturn but um that the saturn have i don't think it had a it had a modem yeah it had a modem involved with it but i don't remember any online games that they had in america they didn't push any online games in america not that i know of not from my aspect i never played any online but it did have it did have a modem built in. It, it was down to the bottom. You flipped it over. You could see the little plug to plug your phone line in. And when my parents saw that, they were like, "You better not plug that into our phone line." I remember X-Band. <laughs> got you really did. quick. I got re- I got really ju- I got jumped on really quick when they saw that. When I opened the box and I was, you know, because every time I'd open the box, it was always for Christmas. I always get my new systems at Christmas. And when I opened it up and I flipped it over, just checking it out, I was like, "Oh my gosh, it's got a modem in it." And my parents just you they they turned white as ghosts about lost their mind and the, and both of them in unison was like you better not plug that into our phone line. Now, granted, I'm gonna leave it clean for this, but that was not the words they used because they were quite upset with that phone bill with those couple of phone bills that we had. Oh, yeah. So, That's so, you, so so it shows just shows you how bad of taste it left in our parents' mouth that Xband did. So, all right, well, let's uh, let's go ahead and jump to the PS2, which is one of my favorite systems ever. 
selling 155 million units, basically riding the wave of the PlayStation 1 success. However, that's not the only reason. It's the first system that was backwards compatible, so you could play PlayStation 2 and 1 games on it. And the big killer of all was that it had a DVD player. And the fact that it had a DVD player, that was my first DVD player. Uh, you know, I remember going to Walmart and buying mm-hmm. Gone in 60 Seconds and something oh, else. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I think it was The Rock or something like that. And, man, that was awesome. An awesome console. I got the Summoner. I got it for Christmas as well. Funny story, real quick, about how I got this. Uh, I wanted Mom to get me one for Christmas. And if you remember, they were... This was like the first instance to where they were... The people were scalping them on. They were... Mm-hmm. Let me see how much they were. $200, I think, or 300 There was 300 when they first came out, uh, <clears throat> if I'm not mistaken. I don't, okay. I'm, don't, now, don't fully... Yeah, two three hundred dollars. Uh, so, and I went down to uh, to two hundred. So anyway, three hundred dollars. People were selling them for over a thousand dollars on eBay, and people were buying them. That is, you know, three four hundred percent markup, and uh, and so people were buying them. So my mom, being the sweet lady that she is, had to make sure her son had one for Christmas. Mm-hmm. So she called around and called her friend who worked at a Walmart or something and said, you know, hey, I'm looking for this. She said, okay, yep, go to, and they were, they were, they were impossible to find. They were impossible to find. You just figured, figured well, I'm not going to get one. Um, in fact, Mike, our friend Mike, uh, that we went to college with, he got one for Christmas too. His girlfriend bought it for him off of eBay for like $1,000. That's how he got it. And so wow. and that's how <laughs> the scalpers do their thing. You know, they're, they're betting on people like that. Oh, I got to get in this. It's so, so rare. Anyway, so the person told my mom, hey, there's two at this Walmart. Go there and get it. So she shows up and asks for a PlayStation 2. Like, oh, we don't have any. We're sold out. She goes, no, I know y'all got two in the back. And they're, they look at each other. The two guys, that are, they look at each other. Oh, okay, they went and got her one, brought them out, gave her one. She went and checked out and left. End of the story, she calls her friend and says, hey, yeah, I went to the Walmart. And they, didn't, they told me I didn't have one. She goes, oh, no, that was a different Walmart. So you went. To, she went to a whole different Walmart, and just that, that shows you that there's, they were just you know yeah there's two I, I you know, the employees want them you know mm-hmm. it's kind of like the NES Classic or whatever now you don't know if they're putting them out yeah but the fact that she said oh there's two and they kind of looked at each other like oh how does she know that you know she knows somebody and so it was a whole different it was a whole wrong Walmart so two WalMarts had two as far as the public was concerned they were sold out mm-hmm. they were very difficult to get and uh, you had to wait till after Christmas to get one I actually got one that was Summoner and uh, Kesson which was just a strategy game I didn't know what it was it just looked cool and Summoner was okay it was a decent RPG for the time but um, the first one that came out did not have the modem on the back you had to buy mm-hmm. an, a, an extra attachment for the modem which was the an ethernet cord for the greatest game ever made socom oh my greatest gosh. online shooter in the world so much fun <clears throat> absolutely and uh my name on there was the deacon and again if anybody's played we were in a d4 d4 defcon 4 was our clan and i was the deacon i was d4 deacon so if anybody out there, especially SOCOM 2 is kind of where we really were mm-hmm. at the height of it, um, was a member of those G.I. Joe 101st, Night Stalker, mm-hmm. uh, all these guys that we're playing, we're playing with. Um, man, hit me up, dude. I don't know if y'all still play or whatever, but 
uh, any game, any online game, but it'd be fun to run with you guys again on Destiny or whatever the case. This will show you just how far this gaming name for me goes back. I was Clearfire on that game. <laughs> That's on SOCOM, I was Clearfire. I cannot oh, I cannot tell you how far back the name Clearfire goes. I think it goes back to probably the mid-90s when I was... Uh, our, our buddy Steven, when, when you know, me and him were the computer guys, we you know when I wasn't hanging out with Marcus, I was with Steven. We were hacking computers. You know, I could tell you stories about that all day long, but I'm not gonna go into that lifestyle. Um, but Clearfire, I was Clearfire on that one, and oh my gosh, dude, the stories we can probably go all night long just on SoCom. Yeah. It was so much fun, and we might have to do. I, you know what? Right now we're gonna do SoCom. I'm, I'm calling it. Right we're gonna do a SoCom. We're gonna do. We're gonna <laughs> do a SoCom. So I'm not gonna share many stories on that right now because it's just so many of them. It's so much fun. But yeah, our clan was a top fifty clan all the time. We we had a blast on it. D four was a blast. We had a forum. You know, I was I was a um, I ended up becoming a clan leader in there. Uh, Hollywood was you know kicking it hard in there too. And, I mean, it was just so much fun because this is the time too where me and Hollywood didn't get to see a lot of each other because we went to separate schools at this time. This is our college years. You know, we did get to play when we were at. Um, at Jones together, but then Hollywood went down to Southern, and I went up to Mississippi State, and so th- this was our way of being able to hang out. Was we had these games and we were able to play SOCOM online. I remember when SOCOM first came out, and I played it for thirty six hours straight in my dorm room at Starville. And oh no, that was SOCOM two. I'm sorry, that was SOCOM two, because SOCOM two was then. SOCOM one was more at Jones and everything, correct? Or am I wrong on that? Yeah. Well, SoCom, I played SoCom 1 first at, uh, I was at Southern. Okay, yeah, then, then, yeah, then we were at Southern. SoCom State. 2 was more, uh, I think that was when I was at Full Sail. That's right, that's right. Yeah, I remember waiting on yeah, that one. So, yeah, that was at so Full SoCom Sail. 1, yes, I was right about that. SoCom 1, I played 36 hours straight, no lie. It was no sleep, no nothing, because I was at State. And I had every Tuesday and Thursday off. And I literally, at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, I was done with class on that Monday. I played from that 1 o'clock until I had to go to class Wednesday. And actually, I got lucky in some of my, class, some of my first classes got canceled. And I just still steadily played. I remember calling my friends saying, hey, come bring me a pizza. And they were like, okay, cool, yeah, you know, problem, you know. And I was like, come check out this game. I'm playing this game. Come bring bring me a pizza. And they'd bring a pizza and check it out. <laughs> and then I'd quit talking to them because I'm just so into this game playing it. And it wasn't that I was actually playing the missions. I was playing it online and going to town on it because yeah, nobody played the missions at state. At state, we had free Ethernet there in the dorm rooms, and so I just hooked it straight up to the dorm wall and went to town. Man, it was so much fun. The thing about it, it was a online shooter. Uh... 8v8 and you know you pick your guy you pick your loadout grenades secondary flash bomb smoke uh concussion you know then you had your uh m16 or m4 you had an m16 too but uh you know you're heavy or you can get a silencer the seals were the only one that had silencers and so you know some people that you know silencers were a huge advantage anyway we'll talk about all that and the, the later but i just wanted to cover this part the best part about that game is unlike the shooters today is that when you died you you you're dead you had to wait and you couldn't talk to anybody except for other dead people and so what that did it opened up a lot of strategy um a lot of people there was always like a choke point on the map where you kind of just run right at it and throw grenades over it or whatever but man if you just like i'm gonna take a risk here 
and I'm going to blast straight through this grenade wall, basically, and just try to beat the grenades. And if you can get through that, you're going to lay waste to about three or four people because mm -hmm. they don't expect some wild man to run through there and start shooting them up. And it was a great, uh, so like I said, man, we could talk about that one forever. That is definitely one of the, the my favorite games ever and a lot of great experiences on there. They took the servers down, super interactive. I don't know if they're, they're decommissioned. They're not even a, a company anymore. Um, but uh, I think they start tried to keep it going in PlayStation uh, 3. Uh, I think they sold it to somebody, and they, they didn't do it well. I never played any of those. And then they tried to come out with like a 250-man they they war zone deal. Yeah, they, went really, they were really big with it because they were trying to compete with the Xbox at the time and trying to go there. Um, but, yeah, it is. we're definitely going to do a podcast on nothing but SOCOM, SOCOM 1 and 2, and just go to town on that. Cause that like I said, we got lots of stories on that. That was that was <laughs> definitely definitely our full head-blown, full, full, full push into online gaming and the FPS-style gaming. Um, of course, you know, I dropped off at FPS after SOCOM and didn't too much care for it, but man, dude, SOCOM was the hit back in the day it was the, the game that you knew you had to play and everybody was playing it was so awesome so anyway yeah so that's that's the two big games that i remember for ps uh two well the two games so let me see so final fantasy my biggest games were there was final fantasy 10 and uh, i actually got 12 on that and i never finished it i was to i was in the military i was deployed and got to a spot on there to where uh, I was, you couldn't save it, but it was a real big dungeon. I had to run through there and end up getting killed. So I lost all my data. I was like, I'm not even going to go back and try to make up for four hours worth of play. And so I just stopped playing it there. I'm sure that happened to a few people. But Final Fantasy X, I think it's one of the last great Final Fantasies. Final Fantasy XV was good. I played it through. It's just too short. Um, the story was all over the place. I didn't really understand it. But um, anyway, so F Final Fantasy X and it's so calm, man. And, and of course, the Grand Theft Autos 3, San Andreas, mm -hmm. all those kind of things, the groundbreaking, oh, yeah. open world, uh, crime crime game. So those are the big ones for me that I remember offhand those are, uh, on PlayStation 2. For me, Final Fantasy XI was actually a big one because Final Fantasy XI first came out on the PlayStation 2, and that was the way that you got a hard drive for your PlayStation 2. And I was yeah, so I pumped up that I got this game, and now I have a hard drive. But I was a person that I didn't like to pay for my online playing games. I didn't want to pay the $15 a month membership fee and all that. So I played, the, it came with the 30-day free trial. I played Final Fantasy XI literally for 30 days, put it down, and I was like, I'm not paying any more for it. I really only bought the game for the hard drive, which it came in handy, but... The PlayStation 2 eventually blew up. I actually still got it in a cabinet over here. It doesn't halfway work, but I kept it just because I was like, I'm keeping it. I'm not selling another system. And that was the that was the end of me losing systems, <laughs> with the exception of the Xbox, because they, both the Xboxes I had absolutely busted to no working end at that point. At one point, so. Because of all the systems that I have, I mean, I don't know if I name them off. I mean, I got a bunch of stuff. Nintendo, Super Nintendo. Uh, Nintendo 64, 360, Wii, Wii U, PlayStation 4, I think PlayStation 2, I think I said that, um, PlayStation Vita, Game Boy Color, Game Boy DS, and I actually got a USB, uh, retro USB, which is, I play my NES on there, which is an awesome system, it's just Nintendo and HD, and, uh, but I had, you know, we're talking about SOCOM, that, 
when I was playing WoW at the time. I had WoW and SOCOM in 2007, mm-hmm. 2008, or 2007. That's when I bought the 360 to finally get back. That's what started me back into gaming. So I had the 360, and that was it, besides the PlayStation 2. And then I just started watching a bunch of videos online and seeing some old retro games. Oh, this brings back some memories. And, you know, hey, I got a little money now. It's not, not it's 50 bucks buy me a Nintendo. Let's just kind of get back into it and kind of started collecting again. But anyway, uh, so I kind of fell out of that and got back into it that way. But uh, <clears throat> anyway, so let's talk about the uh, game, uh, the uh, Dreamcast when it came out. I remember it came up before it came up before. It got a head start on the PlayStation, got a head start on the Xbox, and it flopped. It flopped so bad. I feel bad for yeah. it because it, it was it was a fantastic it was a fantastic concept. I'll put it that way. I'm not gonna say it's a fantastic system. I'll just say fantastic concept. You know, it had the four controller ports on the front. You know, it had a modem built into it, or did that one? Did the I think the first edition didn't. You could buy the modem for it. Yeah, you had to buy it. Separate, and the yeah. second edition had the modem built in. Because I remember they, I think, yeah. I think they came out with a second edition. You know, it didn't last very long. It, la- you know, that, but well ahead of its time. I mean, it's just graphic wise, it was up there. It, 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 you know, if it would actually been released a year after the PlayStation Two, I think it actually would have done better. But because it released before the two thousands, it released in ninety nine. I think that actually hurt it because everybody was still attached to the Sony PlayStation the N64 and that they, they were still into that type, those those games there and they weren't ready for the big graphic push that the actually Dreamcast brought with it. Well, I lo- I think the Dreamcast is an awesome system. Um and it just Sega at this point had already kind of made the consumers wary. Uh we already talked about PlayStation was already just crushing it. And then PlayStation 2, everybody knew the PlayStation 2 was coming out, so everybody's saving their money. Sega has already promised us a 32-bit system with the Sega Saturn, which they did deliver. It's a decent system. But before that, they were with the three, we talked about earlier the, the, on a previous episode, the Sega CD, the 32X. They're like, wait a minute, why are you going to release a, and we didn't even talk about the Virtual Boy, by the way, so Nintendo's done this too. But why are you going to release a 32X 32-bit system when we six months before the Sega Saturn. So it looked like they didn't know what they were doing. They said, wait a minute, you're going to CDs for the Sega Saturn, but now you're going back to cartridges on the 32X. I mean, what are you doing? I mean, so they, they kind of lost the faith of the their customers with that Dreamcast, with, by the time the Dreamcast came out. So everybody's kind of like, well, why would I buy this? Who knows what they're going to come out with next? I can just go ahead and get a PS2 and ride the uh, multi- hundreds and hundreds of games that the PlayStation has. Yeah, it's backwards compatible. I mean, they just... three uh, Dreamcast was none of that. Not backwards compatible. It didn't play DVDs. Yeah. It's just a game system. That's what they marketed it as. It's just a straight game system. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, so that's that's kind of why it failed. It was made on CDR, so, uh, you know, anybody could rip game, they could rent a game and burn it, mm-hmm. you know, and then, so that kind of... They had messed them up. Yeah, too. they actually had no like security features on it to keep the games from being able to be burned or be copied. Because I remember about ninety seven, ninety eight was when you started having a lot of burning CDs for music and everything, and Dreamcast just rolled right into that, and you could you could rip a game. It was really easy. I I hate to say that I did it, but I remember ripping a game for it. You know, buddy had it, and I was like, I don't want to buy it. Now let me rip it from you. 
but that was also too, you know, 2001-ish when I was in college, so I had to pay for things myself at that time, so, you know, you had that kind of stuff happening, so. Yeah, so Nintendo had released their own little uh, uh, next generation uh, system, what are we on, generation 7, I think, uh, with the on six. PlayStations and C. six. Six with the well, six is through ninety-eight. That's Sega Saturn, PlayStation, and well, so I'm talking about PlayStation Two, PlayStation Two, Dreamcast. That's the that's the seventh. That's the sixth generation from what I got right here. Okay, it just says next generation, okay. so whatever. It's all in the same Dreamcast, PlayStation Two, GameCube, and Xbox. Yeah. And GameCube, I bought for the Wind Waker, and that's pretty much it. I mean, they they had a couple of good games. They had Eternal Darkness on there, which is really they actually started a Kickstarter. To try to get that re-released with upgraded mm-hmm. graphics, or at least some the guy that made it to come back. That was really a uh, mind screw type of game because do you remember that game? It's a it's a horror game, and so you're playing it uh, top down, kind of looking, and then all of a sudden you're a blue screen will pop up and say, "Oh, your system's crashing" or whatever, and it's really part of the game. Oh yeah, or yeah, the volume, that, yeah. The volume would turn up on your TV because it's supposed to make you. The idea is that you're kind of going insane slowly mm-hmm. throughout the game, and um, if you stay, if you don't do something, I can't remember what it was, but you do something to get your sanity meter down and all that. That and um, Zelda were the only two real games that I remember on the GameCube. It, it sold 13 million units. This is again, this is after the 64, which I believe that that was pretty much the downfall. Nintendo, Nintendo's not down by any means don't get me wrong that's just i should say not the downfall of nintendo but at least when they lost hold of the market with the 64 so they had a major fallout in the market you know basically the uh the n64 was what hurt them because i mean you're looking at the super nintendo that sold 49 million units and then you go to your uh then you go to your n64 that only sold 33 million units and then 2001 your gamecube sells 21 million units so you're looking at this slow decrease from the giant now they're the ones playing catch up because when you look at the ps1 it sold 125 million units and it's just a huge drop off for it that nintendo didn't know what to do because when the ps2 comes out it's been it sold 138 million million copies and so you've got that going on and, and Nintendo just didn't know how to recover. It was just it it just really hurt it at that time. So, so another one that I'd never owned and I never really cared to own was the Microsoft Xbox. So at this point, two thousand one, Microsoft throws its hand in the video game uh, arena, and of course they had the killer app Halo, and that's pretty much what sold the. So they had hey, the two games that I know for sure that were really popular on Xbox, and I, I'm sorry if I'm missing somebody else's favorite game because i never played it halo was obviously one halo 2 and then uh knights of the old republic is is arguably one of the best rpgs ever made i actually owned that game and been playing it on 360 uh didn't get very far on it but um that was uh arguably one of the best rpgs ever made and that really was a that was exclusive to xbox yeah i was about to jump on you if you did not say knights of the old republic for the other game because that that yeah. that that's the only reason why I bought an Xbox. I bought it for Knights of the Old Republic. I played it and loved it. It was my favorite game. I played Knights of the Old Republic two, great. I mean, two fantastic games. So awesome. So much freedom in it. And if you're a Star Wars fan, go play those games. They are so awesome. 
Loved them. Uh, I would play them again now. Um, it, it, they're, they're fantastic games. It's the only reason why I got an Xbox. And I will be the first one to tell you I hate Halo. Halo, to me, was a terrible <laughs> game. I hated no, it. That was awesome. I, t- I thought it was terrible. I hated it. It just, I never liked it. You know, I played it with with you several times. I played it with other people several times. I never owned it. I just could never get into it. I hated it. And I think it was because SOCOM, you shot people and they died. Halo, you shot people, they came back and you shot them with wizard guns. And now I'm playing Destiny. So, I mean, I mean that's, that's, that's. Wizard guns. That's, 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 I've never heard of it called wizard guns. Uh, that's that's, awesome. that's what comes out of the top of my head. That's a kind of. That's a, yeah. that's a, it's not bullets, it's wizard uh, that's guns. A, magic. That's the kind of randomness that you're going to get if you keep on listening to the podcast <laughs> later on, you know, as we grow and do more things. You're going to get random sayings from me because that's what I do. But yeah, I mean, just you, you, you shot space guns, wizard guns, whatever you want to call them. It's just, I couldn't get into it. I did not like it. I never really played it. My brother, he got super addicted into it. Him and his buddies played it like crazy. But I told them they were stupid. They were crazy. It's a terrible game, and I still stand by to it to this day. And you can give me all the hate mail you want. But I'm. Still, not, I don't think it's a terrible. I'm just gonna say it's terrible. I just don't like it. It's just that's my personal opinion. If it's your favorite game, oh well, I just don't like it. It's just nothing you can say or do to get me to like it. Well, I will say that it's Bungie and that they that has to started the whole Destiny. Uh, that's where they got the mechanics for the Destiny shooter. That's one of the best controlling games ever made is Halo. And I never played it. Um, I never, like I said, on the Xbox. I played it with uh, some friends at Full Set. We'd always land, line everybody up. Excuse me. And, um, play a lot of multiplayer like that and i'm with you on the uh i got i started getting frustrated too i start shooting somebody up and they turn around and kill me with two shots I said, dude how did you just kill me with two shots you know this is after socom you know mm-hmm. so and you're kind of like dude this is game's not real like what do you mean it's not real i said i understand it's space and, and wizard guns right but uh i'm shooting you so many times in the back of the head if you put it on no shields and put it on pistols i'll start doing work that's socom style mm-hmm. but um but anyway, so I'm with you. I'm with you on. I don't. Not that it's a terrible game, but I'm with you on. It, you know, it's a, it, maybe it's acquired taste, especially after you've been playing Call of Duties, playing SOCOMs, stuff like that on online, where it's more realistic. But it was a great controlling game, uh, epic story. Um, so I could definitely see how that's a killer app and how that kind of got people going. But and, and in fact, uh, a friend of mine, Blair, in, when he first got in the military, had a 360 and played Halo 3 on it. We can go ahead and jump to this generation. Yeah. Had Halo 3, and I thought that game, it was, I went over there and played it, and he's like, man, you know, it's just weird. You know you know me, a video game guy, and I go over there and say, what is this, a new, this is the new Xbox? I don't know anything about it. I used to know everything about stuff like mm-hmm. that. Coming, what was coming out, this type of deal. And he's like, yeah, so I started playing, I said, like, this is pretty cool. Well, well, we all got together in class one day when we were going through training. We're like, dude, let's just, when we get off the day, let's all go buy 360s, and we'll just play Halo 3. And I'm like, all right, cool. And man, I bought the TV that I have now, a uh, flat screen now, uh, at that same, when I first moved in over there. And dude, hooking up that 360 with Halo 3, oh my gosh, that was a phenomenal game, beautiful game. And that's one of the best online multiplayers, especially for Halo, that, that exists, in my opinion. That was a phenomenal, and the ranking system that they do, it's not about just playing, it's, you got to be good, you know, to get your next rank and whatnot. Uh, and so that was a, I think that was one of the best. I had the most fun playing online with that game. 
than any others so far. So my 360 experience was, I you know at this time I, I kind of was falling out of gaming a little bit. You know I had my had my craziness of where I decided, oh I think it's a great idea to get married. Let me yeah. tell you this, guys. Don't be Don't. 23 and get married. Don't <laughs> do it. It's a dumb move. I'm divorced from that one, and it's not a smart move. So I'm telling you now, if you're young listening to this, don't get married unless you know it's a sure thing and you've been with the person for a bazillion years. It's just one of those things where I learned a valuable lesson. Uh, was only dating the girl not even for a full year before I proposed, and it just it, it ended bad. Just that, that's how I believe so, it. But what happened? Y'all getting a big fight or something? Or y'all just she's just crazy. Stop working. I'm out? just gonna. She just got crazy. I'm just gonna leave it at that. She's crazy. She's she's crazy. If I start start talking about it, I'm gonna use some language I don't want to use on this because that's how much I she feel just, about it. She's just crazy. She just wouldn't work anything out. She wouldn't. She didn't want to work anything out. She didn't want to do anything like that. It was it, it was a terrible I just never situation. talked to you about it. It was a terrible situation. Yeah, I probably need to talk to you because I remember calling you saying I'm getting a divorce. I remember calling you. I was, yeah. I was in tears about to tell you that because I don't believe in divorce. That's one of those things that I just don't do. But with this one, I had to do it because that's the only way that would save my life. I probably would not be here if I was still with her. That's how crazy she is. So I will say this, though. I remember y'all threw some parties over there and they were like the they were kind of random which made them fun it was like hey we're gonna have a costume party yep. it's like all right cool and it's like guys come as pirates girls come in a, and dress for prom or something mm-hmm. like that you know <laughs> it's just so random we, we threw some and we it, threw some great parties so, i'll give her that she could party but but, <laughs> but anyway like i dressed up as a pirate I don't, I don't know if you even know this story and uh it actually showed up as a pirate. I thought it was just a Halloween costume, but y'all changed the rules last minute to pirates for dudes. I just happened to be a pirate. So I went went back. Uh, I thought we were the first ones there, me and Jenny. And uh, so I went into the back, and I, I was knocking on the door. Nobody came to the door, so just came on in. And I was hiding behind the wall waiting for you to come out around the corner. And you came around the corner, and I jumped out with a knife, like, ah, like that. And put it, to, it was a fake knife, of course. Put it up against your throat. And I was like, ah, like that. And it was somebody else that I never met, you know, some random dude. And he was just I like, uh, <laughs> he was like, uh, okay. He probably scared the heck out of that dude, man. I'm about to, yeah. You know, it's just hilarious, man. It's like, oh, my bad, bro. <laughs> Cool costume, and, by the way. And what was funny is, is I actually broke my own rule at that party. Everybody, you know, all the guys. Yeah, you parties, didn't come as. A- I came as a freaking gargoyle. I did the full makeup. The yeah, thing. you were. You were back there. You had like three or four people. Everybody was back there putting your makeup on, like you're about to go on some freaking Hollywood blockbuster or something. But it looked good. I remember that. It was all serious. It was. It was, but, it was uh, a lot of fun. So there was a lot of fun parties here. So, but. So, that's, anyway, that, back to that's, video games. that's the reason why I was kind of out of gaming for a little bit, out of touch. You know, I'd lost, you know, what's going on and everything. And so my introduction to it was actually one of my friends through her. Uh, his name's Rajiv. And it was Rock Band. So we were playing. We would have Rock Band parties all the time and play a Rock Band together. And so for Christmas, the Christmas after my divorce, I said, I'm going to get me a 360 and get Rock Band 3. So that's how long I waited to get one of the new systems. It was all the way till Rock Band 3. And got Rock Band 3 on the 360. Yeah. And you did fall it. out of game, and I remember that. Uh, now that you mention it, you didn't play a whole lot of gaming with us yeah. for a while. Yeah, it was, for about, it, it was about, you know, because I was with her for about almost three-ish years and so it, it, that's a big chunk right there that I kind of lost of gaming. And two, when I was at state, 
as I went in for a few years, you know, after I got in, into state for a while, I actually fell out of gaming too because I actually started, you know, I got involved in fraternity and so that sucked up a lot of my time and didn't play gaming as much then. So it, it was a, all in all probably about four to six years that I was just kind of out of gaming like I used to have been. But, you know, 360 was my jump back in, 2008, I remember getting it. Dude, that was such, such so much fun because the next game that I remember after that was Borderlands 2. Borderlands 1 and 2 actually. Oh yeah, that's Cause, that was phenomenal. Cuz Hollywood and one of our and a couple of our other buddies had Borderlands. They said, "Hey, go get this game." And of course it already been out for a while when I get it. And so I was really behind on it. I played through it and beat the whole game, but I didn't play with them much because I was so far behind. Then we all get Borderlands 2 together. Oh my gosh, man. Borderlands 2 was so much fun and that's where I dove headfirst back into the gaming of, you know, online gaming and that first-person shooter style kind of like that. Um, I'm not a big Call of Duty fan. I've played it. You know, I never could really get my adjustment on it. It's probably, that's probably what happens when you lay off gaming for as long as I did. You kind of have that, you lose that feel of gaming. But Borderlands 2, oh my gosh, that was that was my saving grace because I remember I had to get the headset. I had to get this, you know, all that <laughs> stuff. I, I got all that equipment so I could play it just right and everything. Uh, that, that was a blast game right there. And 360 was a great thing. I never got a PlayStation 3 because it was either, you know, get a Xbox. Yeah, you didn't need to. Get a, three, get a 360 or get a PlayStation 3. If I got a PlayStation 3, I was only going to be playing one or two games with a few people. Or I get the 360 and play with everybody. And so I got the 360 and played with everybody. It's fantastic. It was a good gaming system. It really was. They did a great job with it. And I, I got to give Microsoft credit on that. So yeah, they killed it. They killed it with that, and they uh, we'll talk about how they lost it in a minute. But uh, yeah, the 360 and the PlayStation 3; those are 10-year console spans, which was unheard of, and we'll never see again, according to Sony, but uh, and Microsoft for that matter. But um, but they stayed. You know, by the time it was done, I mean, Destiny, just like we talked about, that came out in 360 and playstation 4 or you know the xbox one because came out for two generations because it was yeah, still because going. They, <laughs> and so did diablo 3 there's several games like that because they they had learned to do so much with this system because it had been out so long but that was a phenomenal system and i felt like it kind of got a little bit of magic from maybe like an older generation system like super nintendo what i mean by that i know it's kind of out, out there to say but what i mean by that is Super Nintendo, Sega, you didn't have these great big blockbuster having, you know, Kevin Spacey and all these big Hollywood guys. You know, that wasn't what drew people to the game. Graphics is fun factor. So everybody was kind of used to the graphics halfway through the system life. So I feel like they kind of went back to, we got to make these games a lot more fun now. We got to get them a lot more content, this kind of deal, and really get involved that way. But there's a lot of great games for them. I mean, 360 is going to go down in my opinion is i think it's going to go down as one of the greatest systems ever um just because the the library that it has and great game to this day this is kind of the fun time to own one because the games are super cheap mm-hmm. i mean you're like two dollars at yep. GameStop or something and it's great games with it too they still got xbox live going on mm-hmm. that's another two free games a month and the storage is reasonable and not like playstation 4 where hey i got 10 games on here and now i can't download anything else yeah even if you got the terabyte but 
So you got anything else to say about... I, I never owned a PlayStation 3. Um, so, you know, I really can't say much. They had a couple exclusives. God of War was an exclusive for them that I remember. That was one that I really wanted to play, which I actually did go back and play the remastered version on PlayStation 4. Well, you've got... Uh, which is a great game. It's a great, phenomenal game. God of War is a great game. You have God of War, uh, Uncharted. Those are, yeah. those are the two of the biggest ones on PlayStation 3 that really, I think, really saved PlayStation 3 because PlayStation 3 released at the highest price for a console at that time. What was it? Was it five ninety nine or four ninety nine? It was... Oh, yeah, that was expensive. It was really, really out of reach for a lot of people, and so that was a big kind of hit for it, and that's why the PlayStation 3 didn't roll as hard as it did. But um, the thing that kind of made me go, eh, about the, about the systems here was... I, I, I wanted a PlayStation 3 because you could play online gaming for free, but That's true. but the 360 you had to pay 49.99 a year. Uh, if you bought it at a year advance, it was 49.99 for a year, and they they were the ones that pioneered pay to play. You know, pay to pay, pay to play for like all gaming online. You know, here's a flat out a fee right here. Pay this fee and you can play all your games online. And so they, they really pushed that because now, you know, no matter what you get, a PlayStation or uh, Xbox, you're going to be paying to play online now. Well, so, yeah, it looks like, see, I thought the PlayStation 3, it, it released a year later, and it actually did just as good as Xbox 360. It did. I, it, it took a while to catch up, but it finally did. Um, and then Xbox Microsoft lost it. Right now, we're sitting at about twenty-five to thirty million. We're guessing at Xbox One. Uh, that's nobody that didn't release any real numbers, but uh, PlayStation Four is at double that, sixty-three point three yeah. million. So they they they're crushing it. Obviously, Xbox One was real bad for a long time, and now they finally starting to come back. And I know exactly why, and I'll tell you in a second. Yeah, unless you get something. Oh uh, no, Xbox One. You know, I. I they had a terrible release, and that that that's that's why. And there's there's other reasons. I'll let you I'll let you expound on that, and I'll I'll do my whole little rebuttal on it and everything. But PlayStation Four got it right this time. Uh, I mean, which by the way, the best selling system. Yeah, they 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 did it really well. But the Microsoft shot themselves in the in the foot. But PlayStation Two is uh, the best selling system so far with 155 million. Mm-hmm. DS is 154 million. And then Game Boy, uh, so uh, Nintendo DS is second. Did I say Nintendo DS? Yeah. Sound like I said PlayStation. Said- yes, my mind's running together. Okay, PlayStation Two, Nintendo DS, and then Game Boy, and then PlayStation. So uh, again, PlayStation One. So here's what happened. Uh, <clears throat> first of all, they had a expensive. So I don't understand what they're trying to do, but they it's again it's the Sega. I mean, there needs to be a rule. There needs to be a or some kind of a saying or something in video game world about you did the Sega Genesis to it which you just you lose the trust of your consumers I read two interviews with heads of Microsoft and Game Informer before it was released saying we are not going to go digital download only we will not go digital download only we will have physical games okay then the next interview said the exact same thing and, and quote he said if we go digital download, the only thing that we have to do to lose is to have another competitor come out with physical copies, and we've pretty much lost the whole market. Mm-hmm. 
what do you know xbox one comes out hey we're digital only online only all the time and 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 playstation 4 actually made a commercial with two dudes standing there and said you want to know how you we share data and share games on in sony and they just handed in the game mm-hmm. a physical copy of the game i mean they, they just exploited it and um so Xbox One comes out with these, you know, the Connect camera, and it watches you when you come into the room, and you can say Xbox on, and you you're playing your Xbox, and you can say what's the score to the Mississippi State game, and it'll pull up the score. You know, you just ask it, and it's supposed to be this big entertain, supposed to replace everything on your entertainment system. So that's going to cost you six hundred bucks. What was it when it released? I think it was six hundred dollars or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it, it it pulled a PlayStation. You know, where PlayStation Three was the expensive system uh, when you compare to the three hundred and sixty, it went high end, went for that. But you know, it's just crazy. I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let you finish rolling before I start rolling on it because I got I got a good bit to say on it too. Yeah, it's five hundred dollars to oppose to PlayStation Four's four hundred dollars. But that's it. I mean, you, that killed me because. You take Microsoft and the Xbox One. I just had all the success with 360. They come out and say, "Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna not. We're gonna be physical. We're not gonna be digital only. We're not gonna be digital only." So they they just reneged on all that. Now we are digital only. We are online all the time. And then when people started attacking them and questioning them, they got defensive. Oh well, everything's always online. Why does that matter? So they already starting to attack the customers now, and so. In my mind, they built this entire business model around always online, digital only. And so I'm thinking, if I buy an Xbox and they start to win this console war, what's to stop them from going back to that freaking business model that they had planned out to begin with, with all digital, right? Mm -hmm. And I hate digital. Um, I want physical copy. And so I went with PlayStation 4. It's a more powerful system, whatnot, but... That's why. That's the whole reason I did it. I might have wanted a different change of scenario. I don't like the interface as much on PS4 as I did Xbox, but I'm not going to get a digital-only game, and I'm not going to go with some company that lied to you. Mm-hmm. So I think everybody kind of, uh, several people felt the same way, and that that's one thing that definitely hurt it, if not killed it. Yeah. So, you know, I agree with them fully. You know, the the thing is, is that they basically said when when we when they announced that they were like, hey, look. You gonna have a disc. You put it in. After it installs, you won't ever have to use this disc. It won't ever have to use the disc. Great. You know, I was like, all right, that sounds pretty cool. But then, they, right behind it, they followed up and said the requirement was you have to always connect online once per day, as well as restrictions on used games. They were gonna block the fact of you being able to play a used game on their system. Yep. When they said that, they automatically lost. I'm sorry, but that is where they lost. They broke the trust because PS2, PS3, Xbox, Xbox 360, all of that, used games. Most of the games I bought during that time frame were used games because I could get them cheaper. You know, I bought, half the time I bought the games after they'd already been out for a while. Go buy a used copy for five, ten bucks. There you go. You're ready to go. You play the game. When they said that you were not going to, that you were going to have restrictions on used games, that tanked them right there, and that was Microsoft trying to say, "Well, I'm Microsoft. I've got the PC under you know under wraps. Yep. I'm going to come in and make sure that I get this under wraps." Well, 
Look at you now. You ain't where you where you thought you were gonna be. You're not the high and mighty that you thought you were. And I'm really glad that they lost this 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 generation war. And even though they're trying to come out with the Xbox One X, I don't think it's gonna beat the PS4 Pro. Even though it's uh, even though it's got more horsepower, I really don't because PS4 still has not lied to its customer base. They what they promised was I'm gonna give you a system that's a gaming console. Here is your gaming console. Microsoft wanted to be a home entertainment system. You want to be an entertainment system? Go compete with all these other things that make home entertainment systems. You know, Harman Kardon, all those other big names like that. Go compete with them. That's what you're trying to compete with. You're not competing with PlayStation at that point when you're trying to do that. They wanted to make sure that you ran everything through the Xbox One. So, you know, you hooked your TV up, you hooked your whatever up, and it was going to be its media center hub. And with this always-on kind of thing, with the, you had to have the camera connected at all times, all this stuff that they first said, I'm like, you really don't want to be a gaming console anymore, so why would I want to play, play you if I'm a gamer? Why would I want to buy an Xbox if I'm a gamer and you want to be a media center? I'm not looking for a media center, I'm looking for a gaming console. I even thought the PlayStation 4 looked better. It had this nice, sleek look to it, a little bit different, but it looked better in my opinion because it was just something a little different than a square box. I have 20 other square boxes that look just like you up on my counter. Why do I need another one? So it's just, <laughs> it's it just, there were so many factors for me that it made it work. One too many square boxes. And, and the, it's not going to. And the thing is, too, like, like Hollywood just said, when PlayStation turned around right behind it and said, this is how we share our media, and hands that disc between two people, dude, that was just like the, the biggest nail in the coffin for Microsoft. And I really think that Microsoft is following in the footsteps of Nintendo of having that nasty downswing. I mean, I've been hearing rumors now that Microsoft is not even looking at doing another new console. They're just going to do improvements on their Xbox One, which they've proved that. They did the Xbox One, the Xbox One S, and now the Xbox One X. You know, they're proving that they're only doing these incremental changes. Now, PS4 has done the same as well. They did the PS4, the PS4 Pro, but at least hear rumors of a PS5. I hear rumors of PS6. I hear these other rumors of newer consoles coming out for them. Microsoft doesn't have an interest of in going any further because they got their tail are between their legs now. They're, 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 they've been beat, and Microsoft doesn't play well once they get beat at something. I mean, look at you can look at the history, and once they've been beat, they don't play well. Apple's starting to creep up on them in the in the computer industry, and they're not getting too happy about that. So, we well, starting looking at people are smarter than Microsoft gives them credit for. And that's really, they just, like we said, they, they dug their own grave and uh, re-attacking the consumer base after we're questioned and their motives and whatnot, that's obviously not good. But you can tell what they're trying to do. Okay, so I'm going to do digital only. I'm going to boycott used games. So if you develop for my system, you can guarantee you're going to get max dollar for your product, which as a gamer perspective saying, Hey, now they're Microsoft and all the developers are teaming up to, you know, limit my options, just like you said, and they can basically run the thing, you know, digital, just the, the, the logistics behind it. Just, okay, I'm going to give you $60 so I can access your file. Mm -hmm. That's just, to me, that just, I don't like that. I need a physical copy of my game. And, you know, if you want to stop developers, 
You want to stop people trading in your used game? Make something that has good content. Destiny, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to get into the good or bad content right now, but I will say, whatever that 10-year plan is, nobody, there's no need to turn it into a Destiny game. Even though there's a lot of them, but it ain't worth anything because it's all online. So that's their model. I'm not saying go to that, but I'm saying go, look at the Final Fantasy XII Remastered. I mean, that's an old game, but phenomenal game, phenomenal content, ton of content. There's no, I will buy that one. And plus, it was only forty bucks anyway, uh, forty or fifty, but it's not full price. But anyway, what I'm getting at is when you try to corner the market like that, and people get scared, like no, we don't, we don't, we don't play like that. We want, we want to keep, keep, hopefully, want to keep uh, developers, you know, kind of arms tied. You better make a good game. I mean, look at Witcher Three, mm-hmm. Fallout Four. I mean, these games are massive contents. They're sixty bucks, just the same as. Uh, What's the name? Until Dawn, or what's it? The Order, eighteen eighty six, or something that took every bit of two hours to finish, mm-hmm. you know. But you're charging the same price. Yeah, your game's going to get turned in. <clears throat> but if I was a Microsoft uh, One owner, or excuse me, an Xbox One owner, and they got their way, guess what? I'm hamstrung with a sixty dollar game, digital only. That is, I'm done within two hours, and I can't do anything about it. Yep. At least when you finished it, you could turn it in and get something back mm-hmm. from GameStop or sell it online, sell it on eBay exactly. or sell it somewhere to a buddy, Craigslist, whatever. Can't do that. So you killed yourself. But, you know, like you said, man, whatever, you messed up. You try to try to maximize. It just seems to always happen like that. You got the lead. You got everything going for you. All you got to do is nothing Sega and Microsoft, but instead you try to do everything. They got cocky. That's the big thing. They got cocky. They they got their big boy britches on, and they're like, hey, we're going to make this change, and you're going to go with it because we're already leaning. Yeah. So with us, we said so. We said so, and you're going to buy our system because we're going to be great. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, PS4 was like, well, you ain't got to do that with us. And people were like, Oh, I'm going to PS4. I know tons of people that migrated. I'm a migrator. I migrated from I migrated. I migrated from 360 to PS4, and I'll never regret that change ever. I will never go back to an Xbox system. I will never do it because it just is not worth it. All of my friends I've made on PS4 are great people. I hear about all these junk that happens on uh, Xbox Live. I hear all these issues they have, and I haven't had a single issue yet. You know, of course, I get some hate mail when I do some crazy stuff in my games, but you know that's what happens when you do crazy things because I like to try out something new all the time. But the only thing right now, in my opinion, the only thing right now that's saving the Xbox is the fact that they've slowly, they've quote unquote done backwards compatibility. It's not real backwards compatibility. They're just releasing the games digitally. You know, and from what I understand, I think you still have to pay for them. It was a way for them to make more money, but people love nostalgia. We're talking about retro gaming. I, there's nothing I love about Xbox One or 360 or even Xbox for the matter that makes me want to go back to that. Knights of the Old Republic will be the only thing, and I'm not buying a system for just that game. I'm sorry. The game is fantastic, but I'm not buying a system for just that. And two, from... From what I know, I think you can get it on PC now anyway. And so I just go play it on PC. Heck, yeah, heck, I think I can get it on my phone now, if I'm not mistaken, and play it on my <laughs> phone. You know, I can pay five bucks for it and play it on my phone. So why would I want to do that when I play it on my phone? I'm mean, going to take it everywhere. I'm sitting at work on board. Let's play my game. So, Well, PlayStation 4 has the P- PlayStation Now uh, deal going on where you pay 
first they were trying to charge you. You couldn't buy the game. This is one thing that they mess. There's so many things that you can say about PlayStation now, mm-hmm. but it's old school PS2, PS3, um, which we didn't get into the Vita. Uh, I'm just jumping all over. But anyway, PS2, PS3. And it used to be, oh, you want to play it for four hours? Yeah, $2. Mm-hmm. Well, four hours? No, I want to play the Who plays exactly. games for, for four hours? If I, you know, for two bucks. I want to give you money for that. You want to play it for a day? Okay, it was expensive, like $10, whatever. Mm-hmm. Stuff's got so expensive. They said, okay, this this model's not working. $15 a month, you can play unlimited games. <clears throat> and they're still messing with it. I mean, they, you know, there's something to be said about... Uh, Earn, not having a lot of money when you just you know you think about growing up you know we got one game for Christmas or whatever you finished that game you rented the game you you know you had to play it all weekend that's what you had and you played it and you finished it and those are your most enjoyable ones when you got unlimited access as soon as a game gets difficult you get bored at the slightest you're mm-hmm. you're jumping ship to a new game and you yeah. just jump all the time and it's not even you know so you just kind of don't get you never get immersed in any of them it's just quantity yeah quality i got to beta test the uh playstation now system and playing the games on it and you know a lot of the games weren't always some of the older games that were on the beta they were really crappy games on the beta but um it was really interesting concept of how to play it because you never downloaded anything to your system you actually were streaming the game so what hurts on that is is if you don't have a great internet connection, you're not going to be able to play it. I actually, to qualify to be a beta tester, they actually ran a connection wizard on me before they would qualify me. And they said, okay, yeah, your connection's good enough to beta test. Uh, you had to meet minimum spec requirements from what they tested. You know, they, they said, hey, here's a wizard. You run it. You put you you know, send the, the specs into our system. And if it checks out, then you can beta test. If not, then you're not. And... It takes a lot of power for the way they have that the way they have that set up, and I, I don't think it's a smart move on them. Now, granted, people are play, paying pay, playing on it and paying for it, but it's not the best thing. I hope that when they do a PS5, they actually make it true backwards compatible. But I understand why they can't because you're looking when you're looking at architecture of the systems. When you went from PS3 to PS4, you changed your architecture majorly because you went to uh, um, the uh, x86 architecture on the PS4 from the x60 x64 architecture on the PS3. Those are two totally different architectures. It's a big, big deal, big jump. So I understand why, but you could have made your system read the disc. They were still the same type of discs. You know, I was just a little frustrated with it. So yeah, it's just a uh, cost. You know, they want to keep the cost down. And that was the main thing. They wanted to keep the cost viable because. Heck, look at where PlayStation is now. They are the top dogs again. They are the system that you want to have. I mean, you're looking at almost 70 million units on a system that's, what, four years old now, I think, is it? Or five years? What, the, uh, the, P- the PlayStation the PS4? 4? Um, that's it, 14. So three years, maybe? No, it came 14. out in 13, I thought. It may be. I didn't get it right away because I was, like I said, the 360 was awesome. Let me look at the exact yeah. release I got, date. I thought it was fourteen. I got it when it came out because I remember I was uh, I was I was married, and this is November thirteen. So November thirteen. Yeah, I was married, <laughs> and I walked into Walmart. Literally, this was funny because uh, 
in November you could PlayStation Four was like the PlayStation Two. You just could not find them anywhere. Nobody had them. They were hard to get. They were getting scalped on the on eBay like the PlayStation Two was. It was it was basically the whole PlayStation Two thing all over again. I walk in to Walmart uh, on Christmas Eve. It's Christmas Eve morning because I had to go to my parents' house because I always go Christmas Eve at my grandparents'. So I, I go to my parents' house that day and then we go down there that night. And I walk in, and I'm like, you know, I've been messing with my wife. I was like, look, if I ever see a PS4, I'm going to up and buy it. And she's like, okay, okay. I walk in, walk into Walmart. This is on Christmas Eve. They got six of them in the box, in the cabinet. <laughs> I called my wife. I was like, you know, I was just making a joke with her because I actually had to stop by and get my hunting license because I was planning to do some hunting that, uh, that, that holiday. And uh, I pick up my hunting license and then walk back there. I'm talking to her on the phone while I walk back there. It's like... You know, I was like, I'm just gonna walk back here. She's like, okay. I walk back there, and they got, they've got them. And I look at it. I, I, I tell her on the phone. I was like, they actually have them here, but I'm gonna walk away. And she's like, why? I'm like, what? You know, my my wife's not a gamer at all. She's never really game. Never got into it. She's like, why are you walking away from it? You're fixing to get Christmas money, right? I mean, I, I get guaranteed Christmas money every year from my parents because that's all they ever do. They don't know how to get me gifts. They just give me money. And so. She's like, well, you should be getting enough money over throughout all your Christmas gifts to get it. Go ahead and pick it up. So I picked it up and came home with it. I was so happy, man. That was that was my happy. What game did you get? Did you get a game? Um, I don't even think I bought a game with it. I think I just got the system and ran home with it. You know, I was just so excited to get the system. <laughs> you know, and so I, I get there and I was just so happy to have the system. Uh, one of the first uh, games, um, I got. God, what was it? It's it's a PC game first, and they ported it over. And it's a little, you know, it was one of the indie games because PS4 decided, hey, we're going to give you free games every month, you know. And oh, that was uh, uh no, I know what's called because you told me told me to get it. It was such a fun survive. Is it some survival? It's game a survival game. Like, it's like some is it alone in the starve, dark? Or something? Don't don't, don't starve, starve. Don't or starve. Or don't starve. Yeah. Such a fun little game. That was probably that's been my favorite little indie game so far. That and Fez. Fez is a funny little game. You know, those are fun <laughs> little indie games that they have, and and they ushered in the indie games. And you know, that's that's definitely outside of retro. And this is talking about retro. So we've actually kind of gotten all the well, way up here to now. So that generation. So uh, did you see? There's a game. There's a movie out. I thought it was on Netflix for a while. You reminded me when you said Fez. It's about the indie developers that develop. It's one guy that developed Fez mm-hmm. and um, Meat Boy and all this kind of stuff. And the Fez guy, like, got Matt, Phil Fish is his name, and he got like mad or something. Everybody was like, kind of, you know, when's the game coming out? And it's just attacking him and stuff. And he's like, I just can't deal with it anymore. You know, I've never had that kind of pressure or anything, so I don't know what would go yeah. through your mind. But it's kind of like, dude, what do you expect, man? You kind of gotta roll with that stuff i mean i guess if you try to make yourself public with everything you do but anyway that's what i always think about fist but i can't remember what the name of that movie is it's a great movie yeah. though it's just a video game movie and i thought there was a couple others meat boy um and fez and i don't know what the other one was but anyway um is a good movie and i'm sorry i can't remember the name but i'm trying to find it mm-hmm. but uh anyway we didn't really talk about um 
handhelds, so we'll have to save that for another day. I'm not, I'm never a real big handheld fan. Well, I actually rolled through quite a few of them. You want to just do a uh, handheld retro one? I mean, it'll probably be a shorter one. It might be one that we could do like in conjunction with another one, or we could just put out, you know, if we wanted to put a little 20, 30 minute one out, we could probably do it on the handhelds. Um, just, I'll tell you what, just if anybody wants to hear a handheld one, just let us know. If we don't get any feedback from it, I'm, I'm cool with not doing That's- it. However, I do want to do, I love, well, we, we can't do a whole movie, but I just do, I just really want to get a shout out. I guess I'll give it out to this one, to the PlayStation Vita, because that is a phenomenal system, and it's just poor marketing or whatever the case, or just going up against the 3DS just keeps it from, from, from blasting off, and Sony's abandoned it at this point. I mean, you're getting a bunch of uh, Japanimation, you know, J- Japan games. Uh, Japanese RPGs, uh, stuff like that. If you like Japanese RPGs, that's definitely the, the the console for you. And I used to like Japanese RPGs. They started getting all weird, but um, you know they got a ton of Freedom Wars, phenomenal game. Um, of course, the God of Wars. Uh, I actually got Mortal Kombat with it, which is a phenomenal game. Uh, Final Fantasy World is out now. That kind of sort of re- relatively new release, but it's starting to be collectible. In fact, you can't find physical copies on at any store now that I know of. GameStop has them now. You have to ask for them. They used to have them out. They recently moved them to the back, but I went on a big spree there for a while. They actually got a lot of limited games they release: Lone Survivor, Octodad, stuff like that. Anyway, I just wanted to mention it. We don't got to get too deep into it, but it the PlayStation Store on there is another phenomenal thing where you can buy Final Fantasy VIII, I bought that Final Fantasy uh, IX, so uh, I mean five bucks, and you got Final Fantasy VIII on the go, and it just the screen is phenomenal. The PlayStation Battery Store was actually pioneered on the PSP because I had a PSP and it was yeah, I had uh, a PSP too. It was pretty awesome on there. So, um, but yeah, guys, y'all listening, if y'all want to hear a podcast about handhelds, let us know. We actually can put one together. I've got it. You know, I've, I've I went through the whole gamut of them. Uh, I, I did a, I did a Game Boy, I did the Game Gear, uh, I did some other ones here and there, so I uh, did some uh, ones that were definitely aftermarket, so just uh, let us know if you want to want to hear a little bit about it. It might not be as long of a podcast, but we can definitely put one together for that. Yeah, cool. So this pretty much wraps up all the uh, retro um, just systems. Real broad overview, I get it. Uh, we didn't dive a whole lot into all of the uh super facts or unknowns and stuff like that i mean if we're going to do that we're going to specialize in like okay with the super nintendo version you know super nintendo Mm -hmm. podcast or the whatever but just wanted to give you guys a big broad uh overview and just kind of share some of the experiences that we i remember as a kid and uh clear fire members who grew up together playing this and uh so but next time i guess we're just going to jump on the destiny too uh back to that one it's kind of funny um our very first podcast has a lot of uh, listens, which is to expect it. It's your first one. They want to see what it is. The second one was Destiny 2. The third one is the Retro. Retro's got way more than Destiny 2. Hard, it didn't. So, you know, obviously if you see a, the first one, of course, in the Retro. Retro's a popular thing, especially mm-hmm. with our uh, group, because it's just kind of how we grew up. So I love doing this one. This is a great one. I, I had a, a lot of fun recording this one and the first one. Uh, retro one as well just because uh, anytime we want to talk about video games i'm down yeah you know oh yeah so but anyway we've been playing destiny 2 for about when did it come out in the sixth so about over a week over 10 days yeah it's the 17th so 
Uh, we've got plenty of experience with it, and by the time we record one, it's probably going to be another week mm-hmm. into it. And so that'll give us that'll get you time to get raid ready, do a couple of nightfalls, and just kind of get back yeah. into it. I haven't quite gotten to nightfall point. I'm like two thirty nine, and it takes two forty to be nightfall. <laughs> that's what I hit yeah. today. So yeah, so that's probably we'll, we'll stick to the plan. We'll do a Destiny two next, and again. If you guys got any ideas, uh, hit us up on Twitter, hit us up on the Facebook, or if you know us, just text us, whatever the case, um, and just let us know what you want to hear. And uh, I mean, just not just a general thing either. If you want us to dig up some information about, you know, what happened to the, uh, how did the game genie come get to be involved mm-hmm. in, you know, something like that, anything uh, that we can, we'll research and, and chop it up there. Oh yeah. But anyway, so this was went a little bit long. Uh, twice as long as any of the other ones but i tell you what man, i had a great time doing it oh and yeah and i hope you guys stuck around and listen to it yeah please listen to uh, it guys you know give us some more listens let us know what you think give us some feedback like like hollywood said you know hit us up we've got the twitter we've got the facebook you know jump on there you know like the page and then shoot us a message on there you know and we'll we'll definitely respond and we'll we'll, we'll get on there there um i'll try to put together a uh um um an email so y'all can uh, shoot us emails and that'll make it a little bit easier as well to respond so um yeah just let us know what you think you know if you want to hear something like he said if you want us to chop down game genie you want us to top down game shark even you know we can go all the way back to those if we skipped over virtual boy we skipped over a few other things if you want us to talk about some of those we definitely can you know i've got we've got experience with a lot of that stuff so just let us know what you think and what you want to hear all right, cool guys. We'll drop this probably uh, every every week. So Destiny Two will come out. Uh, pro- Trying to drop them every Thursday. So just stay tuned every Thursday. Anyway, hope you guys enjoyed, and uh, talk to you later. Take care.